Guys, I, I can't. I, I can't. This, no, it, it, it's this music. Like, I can't do a ride. I can't think of a ride spiel to go over this. Have you been to the Festival of the Lion King show with Walt Disney World? It just I, opens with this, pretty much. I knew people that worked it. Of course, I. <laughs> oh, I know you have, Kayla. But like, you know, I, and I'd only seen it when you when you took me like couple years ago when we were that was funny fun fact with that we, we that was the trip we recorded our 101 dalmatians episode That's at right. walt disney world yep. uh but yeah um no this is different i'm just trying to let this this all this all wash over me as we we come into the into uh, the year 1994 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep it's it's 1994 it's good to be back i'm wow uh, i feel like i'm two years old yeah i, I don't think i know how <laughs> to speak um, we're all children again <laughs> wow or toddlers we're in some toddlers. cases <laughs> um and here i am sitting in the movie theater and i'm watching uh i'm watching the uh the herd approach Pride Rock as the sun rises, and and there's Mount Kilimanjaro in the distance, and yep, it's it's the Lion King. Everybody, welcome to Anna Musings. Uh, I am your host uh, Kayla King, and uh, I am joined by my husband David King. Because you wouldn't, I do this without me, right? After all, I am the king. <laughs> and until last year, you were, your theme song was uh, "I Just Can't Wait to Be King." Actually, no, that's no joke. Before, like after he um, proposed to me, the first thing it is like I've been waiting to play this, and I start the first song I played out loud on like my phone was "I Just Can't Wait to Be King." <laughs> oh my gosh, that is the cutest thing ever. <laughs> Like I knew, like I even joked about like years earlier. It's like if we get married, it's like if we get married or just before we're getting married, I'm going to play this song. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love it. And it, and I did. I made sure of that. Um, so proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud. I'm proud of her too. Oh, and uh, we're joined by our uh, guest too. We should. You want to introduce? Her? Yeah, we we we're gonna we're go people. on. Hey, yeah, we were if we were going to go on safari for this, we need to make sure that we're prepared. So we brought some some experts with us from uh, Animal Facts Files and Cinema Nippon. We have Kylie and Eli. Hello. Hello. We're she here. she's the expert. Um, she wrangles the animals. I attempt to wrangle her. It doesn't work because <laughs> she's also a wild animal. Well, you're the wrangler of the animal wrangler, so <laughs> yeah, the wrangler. I think wrangler. it would be more like I wrangle the animals and then you try to pet them. That's true. If we're being that's, honest. I mean, that's that's accurate, though. Is that how you got And then you have to tell me when it's not safe to do yeah, that. Yeah, maybe not that one. <laughs> Wait, is that how you got Chester? <laughs> no, actually. Well, I did go and try to pet him. And, and then we got him. <laughs> <laughs> he comes up to me, we're at the shelter, and he comes up to me, and he's like, But babe! And I like, the face on his face. <laughs> It was just like, well, we're not leaving here without this cat, so. Aww. Chester so, yeah. was actually picked by Eli. Aww. Yeah. Wait, do we get to add Chester as a guest to put Cinnamon Epon and Animal well, Back Dials? Uh, Chester, and Chester. They're here courtesy of Chester, who they're... allowed them to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He, it's true. He is the director, so <laughs> he's currently supervising everything we're doing. <laughs> okay. Um, 
I'm. I think I might want to begin with the history of this movie first, The Lion King. I think that's good. Um, uh, it's yeah. been a little. It's been. It feels like it's been a little bit. Do you want to say it's been a year, a new year since that? <laughs> no, I'm not going to dad joke my way through this. I promise. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, dang it! I do love you, dad joke. Do you mean to say that it's been a while? Oh no. <laughs> It's been a while. That's a different podcast, and uh, Alan's not here. So, so uh, yeah, why don't you uh, tell us uh, a little about this this movie's history, Kayla? Um, so the idea came about um, while they were promoting Oliver and Company in 1988. Uh, and the idea just kind of was simple. It was lions in Africa. That, that was the main idea. And then um, as they developed it, I, this is, okay... So Jeffrey Katzenberg said this. Oh no! <laughs> and it does sound a little self-indulgent. I'm not gonna it's, lie. It's Jeffrey Katzenberg. All you have to say is so Jeffrey Katzenberg, and I cringe every time it gets brought up. Okay, so. so he was the one who came up with the ideas about like politics and coming of age and death and such. And he says he took from his life and even said it's a little bit about myself. Are you kidding me? He said those. <sighs> Okay, whatever. Jeffrey. Okay. Jeffrey. Um. So they so they did bring in scriptwriters to write us, and um. Yes. I, okay. So <laughs> all I can think about is Simba with Jeffrey Katzenberg's voice. Now. <laughs> he goes. He looks at the Pride Lands and goes, "It's bad. Scrap it. We're throwing it out. We're starting over." <laughs> he comes back oh. at the end of the movie. My goodness. Okay, just let cut me... all advertising. No one's going to the Pride Lands. <laughs> so the the original script, or like the original few scripts, um, had a lot of problems. So first of all, um, the story was called King of the Jungle. Okay, hmm. Kylie, why was this? Why would this be a problem? <laughs> well, if we're assuming these lions are from Africa, it's. Not very likely they're living in a jungle-like yeah. environment. Yep, that so. that was one of the issues, actually, yeah. that came across. <laughs> um, but and the main idea in this script was there was going to be a battle between lions and baboons. And actually, Scar was said to be a baboon. And yeah, there... Yeah, you it, can't see it, but my face right now. Mm-hmm. What? Mm. Um, and just letting you know, so the movie credits uh, three writers for the final screenplay. But about 18 writers were brought in to work on this. Like this, Oh, my God. Yeah, this script had a lot of problems. And um, people who read it were just kind of like, eh. And it, they even, actually, there was a point where, um, this is for David's sake, they approached Richard Curtis and Ben Elton. I, saw, I thought you'd like that. They said no because they were working <laughs> on other projects, but. Yeah, well, that would have been interesting. <laughs> so then, um. I think uh, what made the whole difference um, was actually when Don Hong came in to produce. I feel like, in, like whenever I, when I researched this, I, Don Hong's name kind of came up a bit in trying to help save this, uh-huh. and it felt like it was more his baby a little bit. From what I'm gathering, I'm, I'm not saying it's his baby, but it feels like it. But because um, he liked the idea, he just said this story has no focus, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. it could be fixed. Yeah. Um, and he says. We need to rewrite this, and this included uh, directors Rod, uh, Roger Ellers and Ron Minkoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they got together, um, they sat and they're like, "Okay, how can we make this better?" And they realized that the focus had to be leaving childhood 
and facing the realities of the world. And then, um, so Hamlet. Well, here's <laughs> here's the funny thing for that. So just letting you know, uh, Hamlet was an inspiration. I figured, but it's not just Hamlet. Um, this also included Moses from oh, the Bible. That makes sense, actually, okay. and uh, Joseph as well. I'm assuming. Mm, okay. Um. So yeah, they. In 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 all honesty, this is the first original Disney animated feature. Yeah, not based on an existing no it, property. It, yes, it was it inspired by Hamlet. Yes, was it yeah. inspired by other stories too? Yes, but it's still an original story altogether. This did not have a book it was based off of or anything. Um, like Hamlet was not like oh, it's just Hamlet. It really isn't, especially mm-hmm. when we get into it. It just mm-hmm. they took a little a little bit of inspiration from it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, um, I'm not saying it's strictly Hamlet. It just follows so many beats of Hamlet. It's like, okay, it's kind of cool. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool that they can, you can kind of read that into it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Um, and um, because the script was poor to start with anyway, um, and uh, th- um, they put it, they gave the uh, their B team this film. <laughs> so just letting you know, um, Lion King was made at the same time as Pocahontas. And Jeffrey Katzenberg, he was the chairist at the time, and he was like, Pocahontas is going to be the one to do well. That's going to be the one that's going to make the money. L- this script, eh. The L- King of the Jungle, Lion King, eh. I'm not feeling, it's not going to do as well. So they put the B team on that one mm-hmm. and put all of the focus and money in Pocahontas. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, just letting you know, too, um, this, I mean, we've already shown... Lion King did have already some issues going into it. Like, um, it was, uh, like they switched directors, switched producers. Some people came in and came off. Um, and then not only that, six months before the film came out, the North Ridge earthquake struck and the studio had to be shut down. Ooh. Oh my oh. gosh. Animators had to work from home. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, to, oh. in order to finish this in time. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. In the early 1990s, Because, of, of course, they kept the same release date, right? Yeah. No, because when do... This is... this is, under, this is Jeffrey Katzenberg we're right, talking right. about. This is the guy who scrapped... Like, looked through at Aladdin, and, like, they worked harder, and they're like, nope, done. And they're like, okay, well, um... You have nine months to finish this, basically. Yeah, they, he did that. <laughs> right, right. And if any any regular listeners probably know, we're not big fans of Jeffrey Katzenberg. In I just general. don't think he He's handled just... his time at Disney. I'm well. not a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm just... <laughs> okay, so um, now let's talk about what did generate buzz. So they did something kind of different with the trailer. The trailer that came out in November 1993. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? I'm not sure. No, I don't. Okay. They only showed the opening scene of yeah. the Lion King. Yeah. Okay. I, I I do remember that. I don't know how. You've. I mean, you've probably seen it. I probably since you were one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I think it's in. It's it's been shown before, like in. Uh, because I remember it. I remember. Yeah. I, I remember it. I, I think it was like on uh VHSs. I assume. Probably. I think it was. It must have been. But so I do remember. It, yeah. Yeah, but they did show only the opening scene of The Lion King. They said, they, the circle of life, and they said, I think that'll speak volumes. 
Mm-hmm. Don, or Don Hahn was the one who suggested this, and they were right. Mm-hmm. Audiences right. got excited just by that opening scene alone. And Don Hahn was like, oh no, okay, I hope this goes well. So uh, they did 11 <laughs> test screenings to make sure that this was going to be good. Wow. Yeah. So I should let you know, the budget was $45 million. Okay. This is going to be insane. Yeah, this, I, is, I should just... this is the... No, yeah. No, no, no. This is insane, what I'm going to say. Okay, first off... Brace yourself. <laughs> yeah, brace yourself. There was a limited release um, on June 15th, and uh, this was just for two screens. In 10 days, $3.7 million for Whoa. two screens alone. Whoa. And then on opening weekend, $40.9 million, just their opening weekend. <laughs> And that was the fourth biggest opening weekend. And by the end of domestic, 312.9 million, only second behind Forrest Gump. Wow. And then altogether worldwide, this is just, by the way, I'm only talking about the first release. Right. And we're Mm -hmm. talking 1994. Yes. Right. Yeah. Altogether worldwide after the first release. 783.5 783.5 million. Hold on. And then there were re-releases. Oh boy. Leading all together 968.5 million dollars. That's almost a billion dollars. Oh, oh my gosh. This is like It's the Lion King. No, like it Okay, so <laughs> That's all I can say. It's the Lion King. But by, by the yeah. way, you're not wrong. By the way, it held the record for the highest grossing animated film at that time up until 2003 when Finding Nemo took over. Interesting. That. I didn't wow. realize Finding Nemo was even Well, I guess yeah. that makes sense though. Yeah, I No, that's that's not the one I would have <clears throat> guessed for that. Yeah. And but yeah, like it, it's kind of insane. Again, Katzenberg put their B team on this. This thinking, is the B team film. Thinking, eh, it's not going to do well. Yeah. And then this happens. Look, he didn't know furries exist. That's all I have to say. <laughs> hey, it was oh, 1994. Getting... A lot of furries didn't know they existed. <laughs> Fair. Well, and then you know, they found out. Actually, there was a lot of moments, and we'll, pro- we'll get we'll into We'll talk this. about this. We'll talk, we'll about, talk about this. The emerging. Oh, no. Yeah. No, we're going to have to, because I, I've often heard people say, you know, it was the Lion King. It was that moment when Simba, yeah, and he, or, or, you know, Simba, and then put a statement here, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> but we'll yeah. Uh, we'll get into that. Yeah, we as, need to discuss that. For yeah. sure. As uh, gently as we can. As gently as we can. Uh, personal histories? Or... or Actually, one last thing. Okay. Four Oscar... This guy had four Oscar nominations. Okay. Um, and uh, one of them, uh, two they won. And they won for Best Original Score. Right, that and makes I, sense. And I figured out why, because I didn't know this until I saw this the credits, because I was like, wow, this score is really good. It's Hans, Hans Zimmer. Zimmer. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> and then um, Best Original Song. Now, three of their songs were nominated for Best Original Song, uh, which is Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Circle of Life, mm-hmm. and Akuna Matata. I, I'm going to see if you guys, if you guys don't know, if you guys already know, then don't guess, mm-hmm. but I want to see what you I guess. know, so. Okay. I don't know, but my guess would be, can you feel the love tonight? What about you? Do you want to guess? Uh, which one Out of the... was nominated or which one won? Which one won? The, all three were nominated. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, 
Mm, I'd probably say the same. You're correct. It is Can mm. You Feel the Love Tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, I probably... <sighs> You know, I want to. It guess, does have Sir Elton John's fingerprints all that, over it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I I just felt like that's like I don't know. I'm just thinking about the time frame and that like sultry like <laughs> music people were into <laughs> the like adult contemporary of the mid '90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there there were some controversies, and I think the main one. Um, that I'm going to address because we have Cinema Nippon here <laughs> is the fact that um, uh, there was a um, uh, an an issue where uh, there were a lot of similarities, and it is kind of creepy how much similar it was uh, between The Lion King and um, the 1960s Japanese anime television series uh, Kimba the White Lion, or in Japan, it was known as the uh, Jungle Emperor. Yeah. And um, the, the director said uh, he had no knowledge about it, um, even though he actually did live in Tokyo. And, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little iffy. How well known is Kimba, though? It's pretty well known. Well, it's, Kim- yeah. Kimba, the, the original anime, or I'm sorry, the original manga um, was written by Osamu uh, Tezuka, the guy who okay. wrote uh, oh. Astro Boy. And... Okay, I thought that might, I thought it was Tezuka, but I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he directed the anime as well. I, yeah. I could be mistaken. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a big enough deal. I, I don't want to step on. Uh... No, go right ahead. Go. I, okay. I, I, I would love to hear your input. You probably know more than I, I do anyway. Well, I remember I remember reading years ago when I first became aware of Kimba. Uh, I remember reading a quote from Matthew Broderick where he assumed when he was brought on to be the voice of adult Simba, he assumed that it was like an American remake of Kimba. That's true. This, because he, I, he knew a certain amount of about Kimba and he was just like, oh, I, just, I thought it was the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. I mean, Simba. Kimba, even though Simba is just the African word for lion, I mean, lion. or so, mm-hmm. what Swahili? Uh, it is Swahili. Uh, yeah, Simba in Swahili means lion. Yeah, that's right. Okay, specifically Swahili. Uh huh. And then actually, um, there was protest in Japan for the release of uh, Lion King as Interesting. well. Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's funny. I've, I think I've I've seen Astro Boy, and I've seen uh, mm-hmm. I think the other Tezuka. I've seen uh, uh the movie ver- one of the movies of blackjack and mm-hmm. uh just i'm just slight deviation because i want to pay a little lip service to uh Te- tezuka go ahead um and i've seen and his uh his version of metropolis is also yeah. very good yeah uh but kimbo is one of those ones i have not seen so i'm actually kind of curious now i might i might look that one up just to yeah i've heard of it i know it's um i know it's available mm-hmm. in america like i think it's on amazon prime but Part of the part of the reason it's a little more impenetrable is because it's like fifty two episodes long. It's not just like you know a movie or a shorter series, right? So it's it's kind of a bigger investment. Well, hey, I just got I just got through all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders. Okay. I think I'll be able Fair. to handle it. Fair. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. I'll be fine. But as far as that whole like controversy goes, the the director saying that he was unaware of Kimba that really smacks to me of like uh suzanne collins the author of the hunger games saying that she had never heard of battle royale before 
Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. it's just like you're pro- you probably cribbed more from the original than you thought you did, and you probably did it on accident. It's in the at the very least. At the very least, I can say for both of these cases, it's in the zeitgeist. Like I knew about Battle. Exactly, yeah. I I read Battle Royale before I'd heard of the Hunger Games. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I feel like, but the difference is with like the two stories. I feel like they're different enough with uh, this one. Uh, Because I remember seeing side by side, there's actually a lot of moments, like scenes that kind of resemble the Lion King and in Mm -hmm. Kimba too. Mm -hmm. It is a little. I I guess part of me wonders is, does he know Japanese? Because at that time, it wouldn't have. If he was living in Tokyo, it wouldn't have been like subtitled in English. Of Mm -hmm. you know, I it was he was there in the '80s, so yeah, yeah. I mean, so potentially potentially mm-hmm. he had seen it subtitled i mean just based on like how subtitles came to america mm-hmm. um even if he saw it before he moved there mm-hmm. or while he was there even even then this isn't just one person this is like a huge group of animators too so right, yeah right. there's so, chances are those some of these animators knew about it i don't know mm-hmm. if, how they would have been able to see it and everything but it it, it is interesting and mm-hmm. yeah I think it's one of those things that it's it was big enough and ubiquitous enough mm-hmm. that the potential for somebody having seen it was a lot higher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you're talking about visuals specifically, even if you can't understand Japanese, you can still watch something. Right. And you can still remember that moment and with, you know, subconsciously or consciously. Yeah repeat it in what you're drawing or something like that that was that was the thing that i was gonna say is that i would never go so far as unless there's like an obvious like direct connection i would never go so far as to say that somebody like in this case straight up stole i would more say probably it was unintentional and then Mm -hmm. they realized that it was really similar and to Mm -hmm. cover their butt they just said oh no i've never heard of that Drew inspiration from is very different from rip off, but like, you know, yes, true. Well, when I, so I took a film class on, um, in terms of like what's considered stealing and whatnot. Um, and one of the, actually the comparisons that was made was, um, because actually the director was in this class, uh, was between the Island and, um, the Clonus whore Mm. and, um, the Clonus whore did win. And it's due to three things. One, if the stories are similar enough, mm-hmm. uh, two, the person must have had access to it in some way, like must have e- easy access to it in some way. And three, if um, a lot of the scenes side by side are very similar, even if they even if the lines are changing everything, mm-hmm. then if 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 like there are scenes that are very similar, then it's considered then it's considered uh stealing right yeah yeah Um, okay and the close horse did get away or did win because the island actually did take a lot of moments from it and just Uh, remade them oh yeah and then the story is the same and plus uh close horse was on mst3k right and so in which could have been easily seen oh yeah for sure um Mm -hmm. and then uh so they clearly did steal and did not give them credit. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, yeah. the stories aren't aren't that similar enough. Um, 
Like it's not it, it's not a complete story remake. Is what I'm right. saying. That's what I'm. Yeah, right. That's, that's what right. I'm saying too. And so. I think that's one of the reasons why they can do it. It has to be all three in order mm-hmm. to make it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I can <laughs> agree with that. I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, not having seen Kimba, of course, like so. You know, I'm only going off of what, second, third-hand knowledge, of course, but I, I think that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. That'd be a fun Animusings Plus like sort of thing to do someday is look at uh, Kimba. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. I mean, Don't that, worry. I mean, <laughs> make it a group project. I mean, that would be a good. Actually, you know, <laughs> in terms of animation, yeah. Yeah, actually. Or, you know, if, if certain other parties were interested in looking at Kimba and having us be a oh, part no. of it. You don't understand. I already plan on asking him <laughs> to join us when we do Hayas Miyazaki. Like, oh, of course. Oh, girl, we got you covered. <laughs> and, and Isao Takahata. Oh, yes, yes. Like, bring me on for every Isao Takahata. Because, uh, <laughs> fact, little known fact, I actually, I actually like um, Isao Takahata as a director more than I like Miyazaki. Yeah, that's totally valid too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, um, so, yeah, let's back well, to we, this is a complicated history. I, All I, right. I felt like I had to address this because, again, Lion King surprisingly had a tough production history. It's not as bad as, like, say, the Black Cauldron. Oh, yeah, that was a mess. But, but the cultural impact of this movie cannot be understated, honestly. No, like, and- it's important. That's, and that's why I kind of wanted to talk about our personal histories with the film, yes, too. Yes. Um- because, I mean, just to, just kind of, kind of lead the charge here, um, lead the pride here. Um, <laughs> I, I, re- this is one of those movies I remember seeing, like, one, I think this is one of the first, besides Aladdin, I think this is one of the, this was the, I very clearly remember seeing this in theaters when it came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I loved it. I was, you know, and I, we had it on VHS shortly thereafter. And it, this was one of those ones where I would just pop it in, take it out of the clamshell, pop the VHS and the VCR and watch it every so often when I just felt like it. Um, oddly enough, didn't grab me the same way certain other movies did. Didn't have that same, like, cozy feel as certain other movies did. Like, I could watch The Jungle Book and just, like, fall right into it. But, like, this one, um, I was always, like, still enjoying it, still immersed in it, but not in the same way as, like, other Disney movies. There's a certain feel to it that I think is a little a little different. Um, I, it's hard to explain. It's more of a personal thing. But I still love the movie. I still think it's fantastic. And revisiting it... Uh, as we have just recently for the podcast was, uh, really cool. I've th- thought about a lot more about, like everything else we've done, I think a lot more about some of the nuances of the film itself and maybe what works, what doesn't. And I, of course, I ask all the annoying questions that you don't ask of animated features because they're animated features intended for, for general audiences and not for, you know, in me, an intellectual. Oh, so. God. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm similar to you. I saw, I saw in theater. I actually do remember seeing in theater. Um, I liked the movie. Um, I owned the movie. Um, it wasn't one of those that like stuck with me as much as like say Beauty and the Beast, Uh but, um, I still enjoyed it. I think here's the interesting thing. I think my sister liked it a lot more than I did, but my sister, I mean, as well as you know, she's, um, a big animal lover and was that type of person. It's like, if a movie had all animals in it she was all on board and um she did own like uh like simba toys or like lion king plushies and stuff like that oh yeah so, uh, so did my brother okay. when he was younger um i think though one of 
I think, and I'll ask her at some point, because when she was younger, I think she actually liked the sequel more than this film. Oh! <laughs> like, she actually oh. would rewatch that film more than this film. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I think also the song stuck with me more as an adult than the movie did. The songs from this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then, actually, let me rephrase that. The song stuck with me throughout childhood and everything, as I got into adulthood and became more of a fan of animation and like geeked out and took film school, I became uh, a bigger fan of the animation. And then now rewatching it, I'm like, oh, I oh, oh, can't wait to talk about the animation, the art <laughs> direction on this. This is mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And then uh, our guests, last but not least. You can go. Also, just real quick. Can you hear the purring in the microphone? No. No. Okay. okay. She's she's purring really loud. She's purring really loud, and our, I was worried. Like our other cat Alice is Aww. with us, and she is purring extremely loud. She's but... very happy, but yes. I just was like, oh, I hope they can mute us. <laughs> no, it's all good. Okay. Um. So okay, so we're several years younger than you guys. Mm-hmm. Which, wow. Which means <laughs> that I did not see this in the theater. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> Okay, goodness. Thought you were throwing some shade. No, no. <laughs> um, so my my family has, I was going to say had, but actually still has, uh, a fairly sizable collection of the clamshell VHSs. Jealous. Um, and actually the first VHS that my parents bought when they first got a VCR in the like in like 93 or 94 was Aladdin and I'm pretty sure Lion King was like the second or third so nice. I watched this movie a lot as a kid <laughs> this wasn't the Disney movie that I watched the most because according to my mom when I was like three I went through a period where I watched the brave little toaster every single day for an entire year <laughs> um, oh that's adorable um, but that's this a Disney movie Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Sort of. That's a whole other thing we can talk about. Yeah, <laughs> we, we were thinking, actually, that was one of the movies we debated reviewing, but it turns out it's a, uh, it was a Disney TV movie, weirdly enough. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Um, okay. I, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. I think at some point maybe you and I can discuss it. Maybe I think might, it's worth discussing. We might do an, an, like an extra Animusings Plus about it. Like, Yeah, somewhere uh, in the middle. Well, yeah. I mean, we're past that. Time oh, no, I know, I know, I know. But, but maybe we might do it. We might revisit extra, it. extra, extra, or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But um, let's see. So, I think, I think, but behind the Brave Little Toaster, this was probably the movie that I watched the most mm-hmm. as a kid, as far as the uh, Disney movies went that I rewatched over and over again. Um, weirdly, though, I don't have any like super duper strong memories of any like particular attachments like any particular scenes or anything but saying all of this now that those were the two movies that i watched the most when i was like learning to speak it makes me realize why uh i'm so interested in really uh dark cynical things in general (laughs) and it also explains why i'm a furry (laughs) now um but no that yeah it was just i I, I grew up with it you like watched neon genesis evangelion when you were like 
10, so... I was, like, 12. <laughs> okay. And my 16-year-old... No, my 20-year-old brother said it was a good idea. <laughs> so... Yeah. But, yeah. So, no, that that was it. I just... um, I, I had access to this movie all the time because we had it on VHS, so I watched it a lot as a kid. How about you? Well, I mean, it should be pretty obvious as the animal person in the room that this was, like, my movie. But... I'm actually, it's funny that you said that about your sister, because I'm actually on board with your sister. I love The Lion King, <laughs> but oh my gosh, I will watch The Lion King too, like, <laughs> all day, every day. I love that movie. Um, but I do love The Lion King, and I actually, I I don't know if I went and saw it in theater, because I, again, I was really young. I wouldn't have even been a year old at the time. And I can see my mom having brought me, and I feel like I remember her saying that she brought me to it, but I just don't remember. Um, I But I had all the stuffed animals, like, I feel like there was this, like, set of, like, a Simba and a Nala, and there was, like, a magnet in their, <laughs> in their muzzles, and they would, like, magnetize yeah. together. Yeah. Actually, I, my, we had that. I think my sister yeah. actually had that. Wow. Yeah, I totally had it, too. So I had that. I had, like, these... This one that was like, I don't want to say life size. And like, I'm probably thinking it was a lot bigger than it was because I was a lot smaller then, but it was like bigger than my cat. Like, it was a big stuffed animal of Simba, like the cubs. But I distinctly, like, so this movie kind of like, it came with me through my life because like we had the, the clamshell of, uh, as well, of course. Um, but when, but when I was younger, my family traveled a lot so we actually had a tv that had a built-in vcr <laughs> so we would bring the tv on trips with us and we always brought the lion king like it could have been any other movie along with the lion king but you better believe the lion king and the lion king 2 were coming in the car with us <laughs> really? no, actually i had the uh, I also had a TV with a built-in VCR, and it was in our um, it, it was in our Ford Explorer that when we did like road trips, like that's how we we would just watch movies in the car all the time. Like yes, yes, my sister and I. Oh my gosh, that yeah, we that was like basically growing up. That's what we did. Like. So I can I totally relate to that. Yeah, is I, that the one that you watched when you had your like Renaissance when you were like in the closet? No, and... no, 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 no. That actually. So what happened was the my Renaissance was when I was fourteen, and mm -hmm. that was when. Um, so, um, fun fact: I when I moved to California, um, I I never really stayed in a house. We constantly moved from apartment to apartment to apartment because we couldn't really afford to live. Um, in one place for a while and when i was 14 um we finally moved into a house like an actual house house um not it wasn't bought we still rented it and then we still kept moving after that but um before that all of our movies like the thousands of movies we had were all in storage and this was like the first time i was like oh, all our movies are coming back out and i reorganized them and alphabetized them and then that's when i basically am like i'm gonna rewatch all these disney movies that i have not watched and have been in storage for a very long time mm -hmm. so um so different different vcr <laughs> different vcr uh, uh, yeah a different vcr i would mm -hmm. say that that uh that the vcr that we had on um 
that was just a road trip one. That was actually throughout when I was younger, much younger than that. Uh, although, you know what? I remember the first time watching Spirited Away was on that VCR. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I remember, crazy. which I, I remember my sister and I were like, wow, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> like we were both like watching it just in awe. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean that movie is pretty awesome. Yeah, it yeah. is. But um, uh, but we're we're not talking about yeah, Spirited Away yeah, as much as I would love to. That, it's hard. That's, I know that's for the future. Um, so why don't why don't we get into right, for good? Why don't we get into the the Lion King itself? And so the thick begin of our, with like the circle of life scene. That's the, like one of the best. I think the be- one of the best opening sequences of a of a Disney animated feature. Personally, it's so I love beautifully it. animated. I want to cry. Oh, it's, so it's profound. You've got. All the animals crossing the pride lands in the sunrise, um, and you kind of get a sense of where we are because at one point you can see that one that one wide shot of just a herd of elephants and other animals moving across the plain, and there you can see Mount Kilimanjaro in the distance. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if that means that everybody's just coming from really far or if Kilimanjaro is part of the pride lands. But either way, I think um, that's kind of kind of neat. That's a that's neat a, detail. That's a good point. My I'd argument, my argument to that would be. That it is not part of the Pride Lands, and my re- the reason I say that is because when everything's touching, the light is touching everything. You don't see Kilimanjaro. Well, that's that true. Scene. Point. The savanna, the savanna around the Pride Lands is pretty wide, and we, we get a mm-hmm. sense of the the geography of this area during the movie. You've got Pride Rock, which is like the only major rock formation for miles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You got the Elephant Graveyard, which is supposed to, which is kind of, which is the, I guess, is hyena territory. Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. you'd think it would be elephant territory, but I think it's an old elephant graveyard, you know? Like, elephants mm-hmm. probably yeah. don't use it anymore. Uh, you got the desert. Um, at one point, it's just, like, that cracked and baked-looking desert, but then later, it's, um, it looks kind of like the, the Gobi? No. Yeah. Looks, or the Namib Desert? Mm-hmm. Um, so, just letting you know, this is actually, uh, all, like, uh, a lot of the animators and, like, the lead crew members went to what was called Hell's Gate National Park in Kenya um, to study the environment, and they took a lot of inspiration from that location specifically. Okay, okay. And do, then you got you, the- interesting. do you happen to know if there was that like giant gorge? I do not know. Um... Uh, no, that's okay. That's fine. Besides the gorge, the only other thing I was going to point out was like past the desert is like that tropical oasis with all the mountains and waterfalls where Timon mm-hmm. and Pumbaa hang out. There is a gorge. Yeah, there's it's called Hell's Gate Gorge. I I had to look it up, but So it's oh, inspired So this environment yeah. is inspired okay. by by Kenya, like yeah. by Hell's Gate and Kenya. Yes. So, okay. Okay. Okay, so that kind of gives we could roughly say this is like an environment somewhere around in that area. So mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually, that makes sense. Uh, what, what you're saying, Kylie, mm-hmm. like that, that there's probably just animals are just coming from all over different parts of, uh, the continent to bear witness to the, uh, mm-hmm. christening. The, yeah. The, the, yeah. Revo- the, the baptism. The baptism. The revelation <laughs> yeah. of the divinely appointed lion emperor, all hail, all hail. <laughs> well, all of you, I'm really upset because all of you just broke my the theory that I was giving Kylie when we rewatched this a week or two ago, and every time Kilimanjaro was on screen, I kept saying it was Mount Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and Kylie was very upset with me, and now I've been proven wrong. Where is there a desert in Japan? <laughs> yeah, there's a great desert in Japan. Oh, yeah, that one. You know. I distinctly remember that. The savannah where all the lions and <laughs> Well, I mean, in Mystical Ninja starring Goemon, there's an area that's just referred to as Dune, and it's like a big deserty area, but I don't think that's an accurate representation of Japan. Because That is Ninja. an absolutely accurate representation of Japan. <laughs> You know, when you can travel to different locations on the back of a of a dragon, you know things like that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, so so all the this is this is gorgeous. There's some beautiful stuff in this shot. The music is swelling. It's amazing. But by the way, I also have to remark this because it's not just when I mean shots, I mean they do it from so many different angles, and I'm just yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the the, wow. sense, the sense of scale is intense. Oh my god. No, I, it's really, yeah, it really, it really helps ex- accentuate like the relationship between I think the animals and the and the landscape, I almost, which is integral to getting the whole circle of life message across. You honestly, know? I almost want to rewatch this in the on the big screen. Like the scope of this is insane. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I, like I remember watching it with you, rewatching it with you, and I'm like. Look at this! Like I'm just in. Sh- yeah, you were sitting there, you were shaking, and you were just like, "Look at this! It's beautiful!" What is- oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts is when it's that low shot on the ground with the elephant feet and the yes. little—they're hmm. like the, the little birds. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, don't remember what kind of birds they are, but they're like just the- like skirting through. I like the one where it's like the you see like the leaf cutter ants and they do like that thing where they fit they uh, fade foreground and yeah. background. That's on the leaf cutter ants oh on the God. branch and then you see the zebras. Mm-hmm. How did they do that? It's, That's like again the scene is pioneering animation focus. It, it's so good. And then you have mm-hmm. Elton John music in the background to make it even more powerful. Elton John and uh, and Tim, Tim Rice. Rice. Yeah. Actually, Tim Rice was hired first because, like, he was there. Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, Tim, can you do this thing? Yeah, sure, I'm here. And uh, they said, uh, well, actually, he asked. He's like, uh, he's like, I'm going to need a com- like a composer for this. I can't do this alone. I'm going to need a co co music person. And Alan Menken was busy at the time, so uh, they were asking for people in. Oh yeah, because uh, Pocahontas, right? Mm-hmm. Menken was working on Pocahontas. Yeah, I think that's. Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, so they're like, well, Elton John's apparently available. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he'll do. He'll do. Hey, Africa is crocodiles, right? Okay, let's get the guy who did Crocodile Rock. Um, Actually, Elton John was glad to do this because he's like, I like the idea of uh, children getting into um, these type of pop music. and (laughs) Um, But yeah, that scene. Yeah. Uh, we get introduced. We, we we don't get the. We get a little. We get it's very. It's all done very very well. I like. We get Pride Rock. We get. We meet. Uh, we meet Zazu, Mufasa, uh, Sarabi, uh, Rafiki, and more. Most importantly, Simba. All in this in this one scene, and there's no dialogue, and it's great. Everything mm-hmm. just kind of tells the story. You got baby, little tiny baby, newborn Simba. Um, you got. Uh, and you just you learn a lot about these characters just by looking at them initially, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, we 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 we'll talk about their voices and their personalities in just a sec. But it just it's a great setup, and it definitely sets up the whole the whole idea. It's like, yeah, by the way, this is a divine. This is that whole divinely appointed monarchy thing. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the, <laughs> actually, I I find it interesting. The first voice we hear, 
um, that's like a speaking voice is Jeremy Irons. Yeah! Scar! <laughs> I like Jeremy Irons as Scar so Jeremy much. Jeremy Irons is so good in this, you guys. Oh, he's so good. Um, and then... Uh, what a great introduction, too, when he grabs the little mouse. Yeah. Right and, after mm-hmm. that. And then, um, basically this leads to um, him and his interaction with Zazu, played by Rowan Atkinson, who you can tell because it looks like Rowan Atkinson, <laughs> and um, and uh, Mufasa, voiced by James Earl Jones, because no one could voice Mufasa but James Earl Jones. <laughs> Not e- They couldn't even find someone to replace him. So they just, yeah, in the remake, they just brought back James, James Earl, Earl Jones. Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This has um, quite the you know for a B what was supposed to be a B team movie they got quite the cast for this yeah no kidding um, I really like uh, Zazu I really like Rowan Atkinson's performance I, I like everybody's performance you know I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna say it right now I like everybody's performance and I'll I'll point out what I like about different people at various points I guess because they mm-hmm. have mo- they all have their moments where they really shine so but um this is where we get introduced to the idea that like Mufasa and Scar are brothers um but. Mufasa because he's the older is king and now that he has a son Scar could never be king unless both of them happen to be wink dead you know in this in this moment I do feel kind of bad for Scar because he's just been like well what am I supposed to do like I'm part of this royal pride and yet I don't I don't I'm never gonna get anywhere with this like I'm just mm-hmm. kind of because of this this dumb divinely appointed secession right thing I'm gonna keep referring to it as that because man I mean, again, the rate there's there's so much magical mysticism in here involving the the lions, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was actually it, watching it again, like after having learned a lot about, about lions. It that was kind of like, wait a minute, none of this makes any sense, like for <laughs> real lions. Because like even what you're saying about how Mufasa is the older brother, like see, Scar's mane is black. And there's a lot of evidence pointing to lions with darker manes are actually the oldest male lions on the prairie. Mm-hmm. So, like, the implication could be that Scar is actually older. But, I mean, that's if you're talking about real lions. Yeah, yeah. instead of lions that are, if you, as I recall, are, voice, are not lion sounds. Like, when they do their roars, it's not lions. It's either a tiger sound that's been modified or Frank Welker yelling into a trash can. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact about this movie. Yeah. Those those are not lion roars. Cause aren't, aren't lion roars not that loud or not that powerful or do do, I've heard lions. The males are really loud. Yeah. Um, And they'll, they'll make like calls. I think it's like, almost a daily thing, like, basically to assert, like, yo, I'm the male who's in charge here, and don't come near me, or my pride. Right, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll make really loud calls. Um, I don't think the female, I mean, I they, they can roar, but I don't think they necessarily do as frequently. Mm-hmm. I've heard him just be like, although, <laughs> although, let's be honest, Apparently, lion roars aren't as powerful as Frank Welker yelling into a trash can. <laughs> well, most sounds are not as powerful as Frank Welker in general. Let's just be real. Man's a legend. 
It's true. He is right. a he's a sound a vocal legend, I must say. Do we know, by the way, how uh Scar got his scar? Because is that ever pointed out or No, it isn't. Not in the film. There's um, probably some lore somewhere. Yeah, there's something about Oh man, I was just reading about this, so well, I don't know why. But it's yeah, it's something that happened earlier. It was that Scar had set up Mufasa to get killed earlier and oh. it didn't go it like failed basically. But I don't remember if Mufasa gave it to him or if it was like their mom. I really don't remember, but I just remember that it was something that Scar set something up and somehow it, it didn't work out, basically. I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm sure that's not canon. No. I'm right. like, this is coming off of like the Lion King wiki or something like that. <laughs> you you, you got to realize with the Lion King, again, this script went through a bunch of different hands. Right. I mean, Scar was originally a baboon. That's true. And then actually, they weren't <laughs> they weren't originally supposed to be brothers either. The idea came <clears throat> when they realized, oh, I think this would be actually more powerful if they, like Don Hong stepped in and was like, I think kind of like in Hamlet, it would be more powerful if um, they were brothers. It, and- it, it is more effective that way. It makes it more of a family drama. Yes. And then also there's the whole secession right thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, while... Yeah, I could imagine that he's always been kind of underhanded, uh, Scar. At this moment, Mufasa's not being the most great. He's like, you have to respect the fact that I'm the king. I'm the king, and da-da-da. And I'm like, just, do you really like he's family, dude? Like, uh. you, you, you've got a history, clearly, but I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm in Scar's camp. Like, rewatching this, I'm like, I'm in Scar's camp for a little bit, and I get the motivation. But then, of course, the, the methods by which Scar goes about it are proper Disney villain methods. I'm like, yeah, that's that's why you're the bad guy. Exactly. That's why you're the bad guy. Uh, I can agree with you, though. Like, I have a little bit of sympathy for Scar, at least in the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good to know I'm not alone there. Yeah. Plus, it's Jeremy Irons, and he's just, he's just, he's, he is prima donna ing it up so hard, when Jeremy, and I love it. When Jeremy Irons overacts at all, it's just magic. <laughs> but I mean, it's not not saying he's overacting here, but when he acts, actually, in general, it's magic. Yeah, it's really that's magical. true. Even remember Dungeons and Dragons. Was that- oh my gosh, that's right. He was the main villain in that too. That was magical. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was it- wait, that was him? That yeah. was him. Oh, I didn't I God, it's been years since I've seen that, but that movie left enough of an impression on me that I I, I know I, I remember what you're talking about. He, Same. He, I just didn't realize that was him. He's also the villain in um uh uh the third Die Hard movie as well. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Again, he's a very good villain actor. Yeah. Um, uh, so is it the next bits when we, we meet Simba yes. and Nala, right? Uh, no, no, no. We meet Simba and um, it's them saying, look, Simba, everything the light touches is our Oh, yeah. It's him, it's him waking up his, uh, his Mufasa parent. and Sarabi in the morning. By, by the way, interesting thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, which is interesting. No, it's interesting for me because... Both movies I saw when I was younger, which is says a lot about me as a child. <laughs> so, um, uh, Sarabi, who is um, Mufasa's wife in the movie, is voiced by Madge Sinclair. It just so happens James Earl Jones and Madge Sinclair played the king and queen um, in uh, Coming to America. 
So they played an African king and queen twice. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I, 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 it's, I, I joked with with Kayla, like you know it would have made this absolutely perfect, the trifecta perfect. If Adult Simba instead of Matthew Broderick, it had been voiced by Eddie Murphy. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it would have been then you know God. you could have had uh, you know Mufasa going around going, "I am looking for my son Simba." <laughs> Oh, that would have been a very different movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will give you the sum of 200 American dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Aha! Uh-huh. That, that's a good movie. I should. I want to rewatch that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, but, uh, and then you could tell it's the 90s because they got a baby Jonathan Taylor Thomas to voice Oh, yeah. Samba. Fresh off of uh, Home, Home Improvement. Improvement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Baby, baby. I, I actually do have something to say about that scene in regard to lion facts. I thought sure. you were going to say about home improvement. I no. was like, <laughs> 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 um, I, what I did find is that, uh, well, I don't know if you guys know this, but female lions, when they do have the cubs, they actually, they take them away from the pride um, oh. because the males are known to kill the babies, mm-hmm. even their own sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the females will bring them back in when they're old enough. Uh, and there's been documentation that male lions are actually far more tolerant of the cubs at that age than the females are. So, like, with Simba, like, grabbing at his ear, at Mufasa's ears and, like, his mane and stuff, like, that actually does happen in real life. Okay. You you do see in the credits of this movie, a lot of the special things go to, like, uh, the San Diego Zoo, the San Diego Wild Animal Park, other sort of... Uh, conservation and zoological groups in uh in different parts of the country because you can tell that they did you know, for the animators looks like any other disney movie in the past they would actually you know watch the animals and you know draw, draw their them. movements and things like mm-hmm. that so mm. it, it makes sense uh and it looks good um man jtt has got all this like youthful energy yeah in this uh, part <laughs> and um this part again Huge, co- the scope of the animation here is incredible about, look, Simba, everything the lug touches is <laughs> It's so good. And not to go to that shadowy pit who's over there. That's beyond our borders. We So, yeah, that's right. You don't see Kilimanjaro, therefore, Pride Lands is its own place. Yes. Um, um, by the way, it, you, again, And he really reminds him, like, oh, by the way, uh, I'm gonna be, you're going to be king someday. Big deal. You're going to be king, son. Remember that. Prep for that. Prep for that. And then the, then they go out into the grasslands. And, yeah, mm-hmm. they did. Cause... And they have that bit with, uh, they have that bit where he's explaining that, well, because you got to wonder, like, hey, why do all these animals show up for the predators that are going to eat them? But apparently all the animals respect the life cycle, apparently. If and, one's going to get eaten, it just happens. And that's funny enough, and I explained this to later in, uh, uh, to this to David later in the movie when Scar takes over and he's like, I don't get what's why this is happening and i'm like i think i have an idea but um i I can explain that later but yeah the i feel like them as kings it's their job to keep the great circle of life flowing they Mm -hmm. they as they as the lions they as the apex predators like understand their role and how to keep the balance Mm -hmm. so it's just interesting because you, normally you don't get a lot of movies with stuff like animated movies like this that would maybe address that. But they talk about how, like, look, here's the deal. When we die, we become the grass, and the antelope eat the grass, and then we eat the antelope, and it just keeps kind of certain, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like that part. I, I I feel like in a lot of ways that's almost like telling even to the like to the audience as well. Like that doesn't go. That's not just something that's innately part of just the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that is 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 real. Like it's it's outside of it too. Yeah. yeah. Which actually plays, you know, circle uh, the theme of circle of life plays very well into this movie the more i think about it it really does um, mm-hmm. uh but th- also this is uh by the way um when zazu comes to give the morning report there actually was supposed to be a song here called the morning report mm-hmm. i'm glad they cut out that that's ah oh, yes I, I'm so glad you said that i actually <laughs> i was i don't know do you guys have disney plus we did watch this on disney plus um yeah so did we and I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to put that back in. Like, and I was like, I hope not. <laughs> like, <laughs> they didn't, thank goodness. Not, not. every song yeah. in The Lion King is going to be a winner. Well, they, because yeah. they're, um, they did the same thing with uh, Beauty and the Beast where they had a cut song, but then when they did a re-release, they added it, which is Human Again. And yeah. God, that song is awful. That's I hate sh- that song. I hate it. <laughs> like I know some people are like, "Oh, why would they cut those songs? Try and add them." And I'm like, "No, that's so unnecessary. No. There's a reason you cut them." Yeah, exactly. Like keep it away. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, this eventually l- leads to um, uh, Simba basically going to see Scar, talking with him, and then Scar being. The manipulative uncle that he is. Um, he talks about the the shadowy places. So curious. That's where we find out it's an elephant graveyard. He, here's what I've realized about Simba. Simba is the type. This guy, this kid, and is very excited to be king. He, well, I mean, he's bragging he about whole, it. His his I want song in the movie is I just can't wait, wait to, to be, be king, king. So, and I, um, it's it is true. He's a very youthful youthful energy type of kid who likes to get in trouble mess around and he's jonathan taylor thomas he is jonathan taylor <laughs> thomas or at least the character or at least his character from from home improvement yeah yeah because i mean uh, and of course his uncle knows this and that's why he's like "Ooh, an elephant graveyard whoopsie oh i wasn't supposed to say that but now i know that your curiosity is uh uh, t- peaked and you're gonna go in, in there and you know this whole thing was orchestrated because like the whole reason Mufasa isn't there is because um the what is it like a gra- oh, the groundhog that's... the mole whatever comes up and tells Zazu that uh, um, hyenas, hyenas haven't are... spotted in the Pride Lands and that's mm-hmm. why he leaves and it's all a trick to get Simba separated from Mufasa and as we learn okay. later Scar has, has Scar has sort of formed an alliance with the hyenas yes. of the from beyond the pride land so i mean um this was all probably part of like oh i'll get i'll get we'll get some reports going and then mufasa will leave deal with that that leads me to put a, a bug in in uh, simba's ear uh and then simba like the lovable dork he is goes down and finds his goes to the lionesses and then we get we get nala uh question kylie um Mm-hmm. Is this common in Prides where it's like one male and a multitude of lionesses? Yeah, so it, it's actually, hilariously enough, it's actually would be more in their interest for there to be more than one male. 
Um, so the fact that there are the two brothers that that kind of makes sense that them feuding doesn't, but, um, the fact that there are two that usually ensures that they can maintain a pride for longer Mm -hmm. because they can keep other males away basically. Um, but (laughs) the weird thing is, is that like in real life, Simba and Nala are probably definitely related <laughs> yeah that I, even when i was younger i was i wondered about it I'm like are they related like i wasn't un, i was kind of unsure about that um mm-hmm. yeah yeah in the animal kingdom it doesn't matter as it, much. if you rewatch the movie it doesn't seem that way like in uh, the grand scheme of things you realize oh no she has a different mother than he does yeah and- it, yeah, yeah but that's that's a thing too isn't it that mothers in a pride will communally take care of the children yeah they they will because well what happens with the pride usually is that a a new male will come in and and will kill all the the young of the previous male um but that will then make all the females basically become reproductive all at the same time so they end up having babies all at the same time so mm-hmm. they end up raising all the babies and they'll actually like even nurse each other's cubs. Wow. So yeah. Okay. okay. Harsh. Uh yeah. Such it, lions point. are really harsh. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, there's this and they took the, the harshness of of reality instead of like, let's skew some things out of the har- uh, the harshness of hereditary monarchy instead. So- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, you can tell Simba and Nala do have a good rapport. Like they, they actually do seem like good best friends. Like I can, I can see why they get along so well. Like, mm-hmm. is is it weird that I feel like the kids have more chemistry than when than they do as adults, adults later? Yeah. No, they definitely no, have I, more chemistry. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but and uh, this leads them to yeah, because Simba doesn't want to tell him. Oh, we're going to an elephant graveyard. It's like we're going to the watering hole. The water hole. <laughs> What's so special about the water hole? <laughs> I love I love young Nala. Her her. Uh, I was trying to I'm trying to remember the credit for her her name, but her voice actress does a really good job. She does. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very impressed by it too. Let me I can look that up. Yeah, um, there's. Definitely, I feel like the like the connection between her kid and adult voice makes a lot less sense than Simba's. Yeah, Simba's makes sense to me, but when we rewatched this, I was like, "That's that's not the same character." Because she got like all like, yeah, oh Simba, yeah, yeah, <laughs> she got all breathy. So <laughs> I'm uh, not making fun of the voice. I'm. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's fine. It's just they don't sound from the fan. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I can see writing that I've been writing for fifteen years. Oh no, that's fair. It's because I could see for some reason I could see Jonathan Taylor Thomas growing up to be Matthew Broderick. Like that's (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Uh, that's the logical progression of (laughs) things. Yeah. So, um, the uh, child voice of of um, Nala is named Niketa Kalame. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced, but um, Mm -hmm. but uh, David, the interesting part you'll you'll like this. Uh, the voice of um. Older Nala is Moira Kelly, mm-hmm. who you would know as uh, Donna Hayward um, in Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Really? Yeah. She oh. she replaced uh, um, the other actress, uh, Laura oh, yeah. and Boyle, but yeah, that's her. Yeah. Oh, wow. F- fun fact. Cool. <laughs> um, what a dark turn of events. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I know we're not getting into that movie. 
Um, no, 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 no. This is not a Daniel <laughs> so Lynch. So what is that getting covered <laughs> oh, on Anime Six? God. Yeah, the, the great animation and David Lynch's Fire Walk <laughs> with Me. Jeez. So Zazu ends up being their chaperone and makes a point of point, uh, makes a very key point of going in and talking to them about how, like, yo, betrothed, you're going to be married. And they're like, ew, I can't marry my her. She's my friend. I, that's, I, they act like that's such kids. a that's a perfect kid kids. thing to say. I kinda, oh my gosh! Yeah. I like them as kids. I honestly like them as kids. It feels realistic to me. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Th- I mean, I know they're kid lions, but it feels realistic. To yeah. Me. Um, and also, it's probably one of the reasons why. Um, because then they get into um, I just can't wait to be king. And I'm not gonna lie, this is actually my favorite song in the lion king oh yeah yeah i mean it's very upbeat it's funny there's a there's good humor in it it's very catchy and danceable and like i mentioned before the kids have good chemistry rowan atkinson is actually a good singer and is having fun with it so yeah this is this is good stuff i i think i have to agree with you um i i definitely have almost every Lion King song on my iPod, and I'm pretty sure this is one of the ones that gets played the most. Oh, yeah, no, it, it uh, is. <laughs> Eli can vouch for it. I used to have the CD, I, it, but that's long gone. I should probably put those songs on my iPod. You should, yeah. Or, or my phone, really. Yeah. But, yeah. Especially since it was, like, your theme song for a couple of years. Well, I had... <laughs> I, I played the... Uh, Oh, you had the, what was it? It was the, there was the ska, there was a ska version. Yeah, I played the ska version at our wedding, so. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, cause I was like, oh, we're, we're going to. But play- we also played the ska version of, uh, did we play, come on, did we play, was that on our playlist? The ska version of Come On Eileen? No, we didn't. Oh, never mind. The Save Harris one? No, we didn't oh. do that one, but that's fine. Um, I mean, it's not fine, but. It's fine. It's, it, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but. But. I, what I love is like, they do this song and at the. At the end, they're like, oh, good, we lost him. My idea worked. I'm like, wait. Your, your idea to start a musical montage? <laughs> a musical number? Which is great, because I love I love how wh- the moment it start, starts, everything gets super stylized in terms of color. Oh, yeah. Like, all the natural colors vanish, and it becomes really bright and and elaborate. And I'm like, that's cool. We ventured. You, I like how they very clearly, distinctly make, I mean, you just jumped into musical reality. Yes. And that's great. I, actually, some of the songs I feel like they do change the coloring when, or like the mood of, or like I don't know. The art direction just slightly changes when they go into musical territory. Yeah, for each song. Like when we get to the villain song, there the the, the green tinge comes in. Oh yeah, then, definitely. Um, with um. Can you feel the love tonight? I feel like it's much like the colors are now softer. Mm-hmm. Like there is definitely a change, and then with Akuna Matata, um, colors are a little brighter. Yeah, they are much more brighter all of a sudden. Yeah, they, they, it's it's almost like we're gonna signal that a musical is happening. This is in musical. Be prepared. Everything turns lime green. Yeah, that's what I was. The color of evil. Exactly. That's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Midoriness. <laughs> So I feel like when it, with the exception of Circle of Life, which is basically its own yeah universe, <laughs> but yeah, I I think with every song they do do a slight change in the art mm-hmm. to signal 
hey, we're in musical territory now. Yeah. This is the most this mm-hmm. is the most obvious one. Mm-hmm. Other than like like we both said, like be prepared. Yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, um apparently they were able to get away from Rowan Atkinson. I know I should say Zazu, but it's basically <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> oh, I have a question for you guys. Go ahead. Do you know what kind of animal Zazu is? Uh, <laughs> they refer to him as a hornbill, but I don't think he's actually a hornbill. I I I only know him as a hornbill because that's what they call him in the song. But we were at a convention one time, and there was a Disney trivia, and that was one of the questions. And I've I've always just remembered that because nobody could get it. But it's like it's in the song; mm-hmm. they say yeah. it. When did they? Uh, what- uh, Kings don't need advice from little hornbills for a start. Oh, that's what they're saying. I didn't. Yeah, that part. I really like. Uh, I I just kind of always mumbled that part. Of the <laughs> oh. well, so, now you know. <laughs> I know. I feel so much better. Now. I've just I've that's just awesome. solved. Just, we've just I, solved a mystery. Yeah, I'm so glad. Rewritten I'm history. So glad. Ducktales. Woo. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't know the lyrics to that, and I probably should have looked it up. But I just kind of just always mumbled that part for the yeah. most. I have so many songs like that. It's so relatable. Oh yeah, same, same, same. Um, um but they end up in the elephant graveyard. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> spooky scary. It well, is, it I, is I li- pretty spooky there. I like his it response. Is. He's like, it's so creepy. Yeah. Isn't it awesome? And I'm like, God, I know <laughs> that feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, they, oh, no. I think that I've said that to you plenty of times. Like, wow, it's so creepy. Isn't yeah. it awesome? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Bonsai, Enzi, and Shed. Bonsai, Shenzi, and Ed. I I almost <laughs> said Bonsai, Enzi, and Shed. <laughs> yeah, you did. But, yeah. Uh, we... My favorite hyena, Shed. <laughs> the Shed, the hyena. <laughs> Arthur, two Sheds, hyena. So, from, okay, so we got Bonsai, who's voiced by, um, wait, no, Shenzi is voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. Shenzi is, is Whoopi? Or is Bon, no, yes. No? It's Shenzi. Yeah. Okay, okay, Bonsai is Cheech. Yes. Cheech Marin. Which, by the way, Props that they don't basically make him into a Mexican stereotype like they did mm-hmm. in when he was um, Tito. Yeah, this actually he's mm-hmm. he's just a normal um, hyena, and mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg does is actually really funny in this. By the way, whenever Jim Cummings laughs as Ed, I start laughing <laughs> with them. It's kind of infectious. I can't explain it. Like, yeah, when like, it, it yeah. totally is. It's, it's totally like how about is. you, Ed? <laughs> Like, laughing. <laughs> this is so great. Um, I do have to say, the hyenas are actually one of the only predators to lion cubs. Mm-hmm. So, really? Very accurate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew about this one, too. I've heard, like, one of the things that also had controversy is, like, I there's some um, naturalists who were like, this feels very anti-hyenas, which is unfair fair to the hyenas because it does portray the hyenas as very villainous or it's just mm-hmm. natural villains but but the the thing is hi hy- and i guess that's the case because like hyenas tend to be more like on the scavenger side of things but then again it's not necessarily true and also i think it's mainly because we are seeing the story from the lion's perspective that's true and hyenas are like 
one of the biggest rivals to lions. And again, they prey on lion cubs, like like was mm-hmm. said. So mm-hmm. also, I feel like they kind of like fix that in the lion guard a little bit. So mm. I I I think they sort of make up for it later on. Huh. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because there was uh, like when this film came out, there was actually some controversy like again that beyond just the Kimba thing <laughs> oh no no there's some other controversy oh yeah oh we got we haven't gotten to that one yet the no other that, one. that's later on okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a controversy <laughs> what do you what do you all think of this uh this action chase sequence through the elephant graveyard i love it i love yeah. when they put zazu on the the birdie boiler and <laughs> goes flying <laughs> This seems like and, a really bad place for elephants to put their dead because, like, it's all sulfury and geysery and yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> also, like the like them running through it and like looking, seeing all the bones and like the bones getting stuck. But and then the chemistry between all the hyenas too. Like, did we order this dinner to go? <laughs> there it goes. I mean, they're clearly they're so much fun. I like yeah. I love the hyenas. Mm-hmm. Another thing too is um uh the music this is when you the music the background music the Hans Zimmer music really works well cuz it it does get tense and you're like oh oh yeah they're actually in danger even though these guys are silly I fear for them cuz it's like mm-hmm. I think what's I don't want to say it's like the Joker but it kind of mm-hmm. has that feel like these are Kind like they they're silly, but they're a dangerous kind of silly. If you yeah, know. like yeah. chaotic evil kind of. Yeah, that's a good yeah. way to describe it. Rakdos cultists. Yes, like you're just like uh, I don't know what you're going to do next, and mm-hmm. you're basically yes, you're laughing, but you're laughing maniacally. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yes, they go. They, there's a great chase scene, and this eventually leads to. Luckily, Mufasa saving them. This is the little bit where 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 Simba tries to roar, but then he opens his mouth, and you hear Mufasa's roar instead. And he looks shocked, and that's when Dad shows up to save the day. Yeah, and uh, um, after this, uh, like, yeah, they, basically Mufasa saves them, and this leads to Simba basically going to be in so much trouble. And I know that feel. That's like. <laughs> I love I love when Nala's like, I thought you were very brave. I was like, aw. Yeah. Um, but by the way, like there when he's he's not yelling, by the way. No. He's, he never yells, but the his voice is obviously mad and disappointed, and the fact mm-hmm. that he's like, I need to teach my son a lesson, you're like, Oh, I feel it's, that it's 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 stern dad. It's stern dad. It's laying mm-hmm. down the law dad, and that's actually mm-hmm. like that's that's scarier in some ways. <laughs> Which than... is kind of funny when Zazu goes to Simba, he's like, Simba, good luck. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, why would you yes. say that? <laughs> I can... It was almost like you know that Zazu is kind of like giving this as well. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. This has happened to Zazu many times. Oh, yeah, for sure. for sure. Um, he gets the he gets the he gets the important talk about what it means to be responsible and what it means to be a king from from his dad. This is a good little scene. You have that bonding thing between them, where it goes from being angry 
to or from being disappointed to them like kind of having a heart to heart and then like they have that little wrestling thing and then they deliver that fox and the hound line you know and we're always gonna be pals forever right dad and i'm like oh my god oh no oh no it's like thank you movie you've given me the fodder needed to realize oh yeah here's the connection scene to make you feel horrible when Mm. the sad part comes I really like the imagery of when when Simba puts his paw down and his paw is like tiny yeah. in Mufasa's Mufasa's paw print. Yeah, again that tiny little symbolism of uh, he has big shoes to fill. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Them looking up at the them looking up at the and talking Mufasa talking about the the dead kings of the past or the great kings of the past looking down from the sky and you get that. That distinct motif of and in the score, you know, oh, yeah. da 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 da. I was like, oh man, so it's mm. Hans Zimmer. No, there. This score really does deserve that Academy Award. It it's does really well done. And oh my gosh, yes, it does. Um, but I I think what what's interesting here is, I mean, it does. This is where, like, thank goodness, this script actually had a focus. And the focus is being brave is not going after trouble. It's being responsible, standing up when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Or being responsible. And that's the idea. Like, there's there's a quite a bit of good messages in this, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Like, adult good messages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like It's a coming-of-age story. Oh, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, We go back to the hyenas. Mm-hmm. And we meet, we see Scar, and Scar has his villain song, the one villain song of the movie, uh, Be Prepared, where he talks about, hey, y'all. Well, well, first of all, that's when we realize he's in cahoots with the hyenas. I actually- That's the, important. Again, hyenas are so funny. Like, like, <laughs> do like, it again. He's like- Mufasa, <laughs> Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> I, or, or like the part where they're like, "Oh, Scar, it's just you." We thought it was someone important. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, but yeah, um, this is uh, this, it's fun because like um, one of the things I know about this song is um that J- they, Jeremy Irons couldn't hit all the parts of it. Well, no, or Jeremy, not. It wasn't what it was. Jeremy it was... Irons did sing this, and you can tell. No, cause... you can tell it's Jeremy Irons, but there's a certain part where it's not Jeremy Irons singing. So what happened was when he sang "You Won't Get a Sniff Without Me," yeah. he broke his vocal cards and couldn't sing the rest of the song. So they brought in Jim Cummings to oh. do the ending, and you can tell too. Like when you hear the ending part of it, it's, it's like... like a spot-on Jeremy Irons impression. Oh from yeah, Jim Cummings, but. You can also tell it's Jim Cummings, and it's like, oh, he suddenly became a better singer. <laughs> okay, look, Jeremy Irons isn't a bad singer, but it's kind of like when you hear people sing that are clearly not singers, and you're mm-hmm. like, you're not terrible, but because, <laughs> but I can tell you're not like a, an actual singer, but because the song is so good, it mm. y- he gets away with it. Yeah, like the, Jeremy Irons isn't a singer, but. It works because the song is really good, mm-hmm. and it's well written, and yeah. it's a lot of fun, and it gets insane. The hyena Reich march. Anyway. <laughs> what was that? That that's like, um, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a thing that not, happens. <laughs> not having watched this in years and uh, not knowing anything about history when I was a small child, <laughs> yes. that was like, oh, oh, okay, I don't remember this. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, this is the same company that in bed nods and broomsticks gave us mischief Nazis, so no, it's okay. <laughs> this was a thing in that movie that Fair. was so great. Um, but. Same company that gave us Defuhrer's face with Donald Duck. Yeah. So I mean, okay, fair. But that, but the idea behind that was to show how bad Nazis were. Yeah, like it this, was. It was World War II propaganda yeah. at the time. So yeah. Um. Uh, I'm trying to keep this like, moving at a the discussion moving at a steady pace. Yeah. I, I, unless there's anything else. Oh, the ending shot of this song is great. When Scar's on like the spire and there's the moon behind him and all the hyenas mm-hmm. are cackling. What a great shot well, to end it with. Yeah, this whole. Sp- it's such a great musical number. It's probably my second favorite song. Of- this is up there for me, for sure. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I, I agree. I so don't I- think this is... Oh, sorry. No, no, go no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I I think I agree with you guys that um, I Just Can't Wait to Be King is my favorite song, but this might be my favorite sequence because of the, like, because of the use of the, um, like, the visual tricks with the shadows. Uh, and how they like contort and everything like that. Yes. I find that to be probably the most interesting thing that they do with any of the musical numbers. It does make good use of shadows in this. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna. They, he, you are right. I actually do like. That. There's even that really distinct part where they're waving around the skeletons, and you only yes. see the shadows yes. at one point. That mm-hmm. one's. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's that... all shadows and smoke. Yes. Mm-hmm. And craggy, craggy backdrops. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this leads to basically Scar's telling Simba, ooh, there's a surprise. You should work on your <laughs> roar. And Down here on this rock in this gorge. Uh, 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 cue the hyenas triggering a wildebeest stampede. By the way, I should let you know, this wildebeest stampede animation took three years to make. Oh my gosh. They actually had to invent a new computer program. To make this scene. Wow. Yeah. This is where Caps really comes in handy, right? Oh, yeah. Well, along <laughs> with the new computer program that right, they of developed course, for but... this. And, like, they brought in specialists. Like, there was, like, five different specialists to work on this scene alone. Dang. Like, and it is incredible. It's actually, again, the scope and the look of it is insane. Just mm-hmm. very powerful and wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Like, them going down... Oh, by the way, is that... Can Wildebeest actually do that? Or is that just... What? Blindly go... panic? Well, no, I know they can blindly <laughs> panic, but they, can they go down... Can't a... we all? <laughs> <laughs> can they, like, run down a wall like that? I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I uh, do know that they ford some, what looked to be quite impenetrable rivers, mm-hmm. um... In their in their migration, mm. and assuming that they migrate, and if there's a place called Hell's Gap in Kenya, I mean, it's possible. So I I don't know about the like complete perpendicular angle <laughs> that they take. <laughs> I don't I don't know how. Well, yeah. Zazu Zazu even says just kind of like mildly when he's there with Mufasa, like, oh, sir, the herd is on the move. Like they're not. It's not a weird thing to see the uh, to see that giant well, wildebeest. Well, he, he after said that like, well, oh, odd. Yeah, it's yeah, odd, yeah, but they're on the move. Yeah, odd, yeah. It's just odd that they're moving now as opposed to somewhere else, yeah. you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, and 
but yeah, either way, that's quite a visual. Yeah, it's it's intense, yeah. and you can see the effort that went into the this shot of all these just hundreds upon hundreds of wildebeest just st- stampeding in a blind panic through this canyon, um, almost killing Simba, and most definitely killing Mufasa, lol. Uh, Whoa! Wow! Thank you, David. <laughs> I'm trying to add levity to what is a very tragic thing that actually happens in this movie. Where, oh boy! Where uh, Mufasa—that's a great sequence too. He's trying to save Simba. He keeps getting jostled around by the wildebeest. When he finally gets up and out of there, who's waiting for him? His brother Scar. And long live the king! This Damn. is very bold of Disney. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie. To show a dead body on screen, and not just that, one that we've gotten to know and relate to Mm -hmm. and recognize as a good character. Mm -hmm. And well, and to have his son like snuggle up next to him Mm -hmm. in tears, like, yeah, and and know what's going on. more or less tragic than the death of Bambi's mother. Oh, this is more tragic. Are you? Kidding? This is way more tragic. Yeah. I mean, okay. Good. I'm with you I all mean, on that one. Like Bambi's mom is like definitely sad, but this is like this was shot off screen, or the other uh, one was shot off screen. You see him die. Mm-hmm, the yeah. dead body is still on screen for a good like few minutes. Yeah. And you're seeing. I, mean, I definitely cry. Yeah, I I thought I was going to cry, but I, I I'm glad I didn't. But there's points like, oh boy, whoo whoo. Yeah, it still it still hits hard, and especially mm. when like it's uh, like it's mostly like that. And then watching Simba react to all of this, and then oh, the part yeah. where Scar shows up and he's clearly go- trying to get to Scar for comfort, and he like hu- he like hugs Scar's paw, and Scar is just cold as ice and i'm like manipulative manipulative even there it's like well there goes all my sympathy for scar goodbye (laughs) and saying like it's your fault imagine what your mother will think he's such a he's this little kid that just lost his dad and this is he's basically putting this upon him like you're it's your fault well as was established earlier scar is definitely has to use his, his his scheming evil intellect in order to resolve yeah. things because he's not a powerful lion then that's what he says earlier on yeah it's like we, not- we, that was established earlier and i actually love the just how how you know simba runs off he's just standing there the lions come out and he just goes kill him and then boom another quick no action sympathy. sequence yeah just not just no. kill him mm-hmm. oh, um so good uh, i'm actually glad good. you said that david because i when we were watching it again yeah. i i was like why doesn't he just kill him himself like why like that would have solved everything for him like it, he would have had no issue but you saying that that he's like not the powerful lion well he says earlier on he's like um sadly i i got all the the uh smarts in the family but uh in terms of brute and strength i'm sadly at the uh lonely the shallow end, end of, of the, the gene, gene pool. pool yeah that he's that, just liquid i, I was gonna say <laughs> I forgot about that, that he's the liquid snake and, and Mufasa's <laughs> Liquid scar. <laughs> I got all the recessive genes, brother. <laughs> like, even when his first instinct, and if you notice this throughout the film, is whenever someone is, like, uh, like strong, like, tries to, like, be tougher than him, other than his brother earlier on, but, like, he's he, like, 
cowers back like, no, whoa, oh my goodness. Like, that's his first oh, instinct. Yeah, um, that's totally, true. totally. Again, his focus is on his mind. He is more... He's more brains. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Than strength, so... Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess I guess that kind of explains why he leaves, lets the li- the hyenas do most of the dirty work for him. Yes, mm-hmm. it's also him kind of asserting himself being a king where he can't be a king in other places. You know, mm-hmm. I have the ability to to, ma- to manipulate people, and I'm gonna do the same with these hyenas because it makes me feel like I'm in a position of authority, at least until I actually can become the king by killing Mufasa and Simba. So, mm-hmm. um, by the way, uh. So they 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 don't end up catching Simba because Simba jumps into a briar patch. <laughs> the, the, now there is uh, <laughs> much like Rare Rabbit did a long time ago. Uh, da- <laughs> David did bring this up because there is a, a humorous point where um, Bonsai lands into there and gets um, cacti all over him, and Shenzi and Ed are like laughing at him, and he's mm-hmm. and he's like, "Look, a humorous part after a sad moment." I'm like, "Yeah," and I told him this. I'm like, "Yeah," but it le- it develops very naturally. It's not like it's not like oh my gosh, so funny. It's more like oh, here's a moment of levity after all that heavy stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. very slight levity. It's like it it did develop pretty well. Like very sad moment took its time to leading to oh no tension to oh my gosh, I'm scared for my life, and like your heart is pounding throughout this, and then correct time to put a moment of levity basically uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh and they they go back to scar and tell him they killed him even though they they didn't because they're just like hey if you, he'll go out there in the desert beyond the pride lands and die uh beyond this gorge and uh that's when we get the bit with um where uh scar declares himself king and talks about the tragic deaths of mufasa and simba and says like now that i have with a heavy heart i seize the throne hey Let's make peace with the hyenas and let's all live together. It'll be great. Wait. Nothing will go wrong. Uh, and the lionesses are all like, what? Yeah. It's well, like, ew, hyenas. Because okay. I had to explain to David, it's like, I don't, what's wrong with this? And I'm like, okay, think of it this way. Um, hyena, like, it is all about the great circle of life. If yeah. the hyenas are being fed everything that the lionesses are, are catching for them, then there's going to be no food. It, it's kind of like, weirdly enough, I used a, um, uh, the Wild Thornberries episode to explain it. Um, yeah. Cause, it, cause there's an episode, uh, of the Wild Thornberries where she gives a needle to a bird to help him get more food. Yes. Yes. That's a great example. And, um, because they're able to get all this food, there is, um, uh, there's, the the food that is is basically these like maggots or whatever that eventually become flies. There's not enough flies. Doesn't feed the birds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Same case here. Um, if too the, many hyenas. If there's too many hyenas and lionesses are trying to feed everyone, it's like there's more mouths to feed, and now there's no more food because the hyenas are basically, um, not working to get their share now. Mm-hmm. They're just eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything yeah. instead of doing their part. Uh, I forgot to mention that we have Rafiki earlier drawing Simba in his little baobab tree house, you know? Yes. And here he goes back there and he's all sad and he just drags his palm across that picture because he thinks Simba's dead. And I'm like, oh. Um, Rafiki, by the way, I mean, Rafiki's big scene hasn't shown up, but um, I'll talk about I'll talk about Rafiki. I guess we'll talk about Rafiki more when we get over there because I want to. I have some questions about Rafiki. Anyway, uh, Timon and Pumbaa. 
Ah, that's right. Simba's about to be eaten, and then here comes Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> Interesting characters. Um, so <laughs> interesting is a understatement uh, for um, these two. Just, just letting you know, they're, like they're the comic. They're they're what every Disney movie needs at this point, especially was prevalent. Is a comic relief duo of creatures. Now, um, the it's voiced by Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella. Um, actually, they planned to, at first to audition for. Um, well, Nathan Lane was auditioning for Zazu, and then Ernie Sabella was auditioning for one of the hyenas. Um, and both had worked together or were working together on um, Guys and Dolls mm-hmm. um, on sh- like uh, on in theater, and um, they said, "Hey, you you guys seem to have chemistry. Why don't can you audition for the hyenas for us?" And they did, and they're just like ad libbing, and they made the crew laugh so hard. They're like, "No, you're." you're and it's like, "So uh, are we gonna be hyenas? <laughs> no, you're gonna be Timon and Pumbaa." <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are no. You, you and it's true. Both those two have really good chemistry. They do mm-hmm. uh, go off each other very well. And um, I mean, some of the jokes are a little childish. I mean, I'm, I'm good with like the puns and stuff like that. It's more. It's the toilet humor. Yeah, and the fart jokes. Well, <laughs> and the bug eating. The bug eating, I'm fine with. But yeah, the toilet humor after a certain point is like. It's not a, it's not over the top as like there's some movies where I'm there's some like, that are way way worse and more egregious later on in other Disney movies. Oh but, yeah. So there's it's remarkably restrained here. I'm like, wow, wasn't it nice when you only got this and you kind of had to roll your eyes only a little bit? Mm-hmm. And, and you, even then, even though they joke about farting, they never really you never hear a yeah, fart noise. Yeah, that's actually true. That does mm-hmm. help. Yes. Yeah, so they just uh, Pumbaa stinky. It's a joke. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel like like. This was the early '90s, and I that was kind of like the peak of like toilet humor. Yeah, yeah. or maybe, yeah. Or, or like it was getting to that point almost. Yeah, I can see that. Well, Nickelodeon uh, was becoming really big in the uh, mm-hmm. children's television scene. Uh, they came about in like the early 1990s, and uh, actually, they they were like one of the number one children programs that um, kids would watch. So. And guess what? A lot of their jokes came with it was a much more crude humor compared mm-hmm. to Disney. So, I think it became more acceptable because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, here's the thing though: they still hold up. I think they're great. I think their their chemistry together, these two characters, is is fantastic. Um, they end up sort of they have the you know they 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 pick Simba up at his lowest point and help him out. They're Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, except they don't <laughs> die at the end of the movie, so that's also good. Um, and uh, Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. <laughs> no worries. no worries for the rest of your days. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, I gotta be honest. <sighs> Go ahead. I hate this song. <laughs> it's an okay song. It's not something I listen to. It's one of those that I overplayed. A yeah. lot to the point where, oh, like, when I heard it again, yes. I'm kind of like, "Oh man, this is the this was a go to for so many people around me as a yeah. kid." Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I heard it far too many times. I, I remember fast forwarding through the song. Oh really? Yeah, I, I would fast forward up until the part when they're on the log. Oh yeah, the part where it just smash cuts to twenty years later. Yeah, probably five. 
but yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. 25 years. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Not 25. <laughs> well, I mean, well, well, how many years is it? How long does it take for uh, a male, for, well, for a lion to reach maturity? Uh, that's why, yeah, I think it's around five mm-hmm. that they would ha- have their full mane. Okay, mm-hmm. so... so but my well, guess would be that it's five years later. When do they become like a, like a cub that actually can walk and everything, would you say? Um... I think probably about two months. Oh, I think, okay. I think they're only kept away from the pride for like six weeks to two months, mm-hmm. I think is the time range. So we could estimate he's probably more than two months old at that point as Simba. That's, that's safe oh, to say. So, yeah, yeah, I would so say so. He, yeah, he would have been with, I guess he would have lived with them for about five years then. Mm-hmm. Um, in... Actually, that location is really nice. Like, I'm like looking like, dude, I would live there if I was. I, I would not want to leave there. No. Well, that's more like a proper jungle too. Oh yeah. Um, it's like we need a jungle in this movie. <laughs> um, uh, a couple savanna animals living in the jungle. And savannas, if you will. Oh, well played, sir. I'm sorry. No, that's great. I'm, puns are puns are where I'm at. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they live their bachelor lives. They're, that's what they are. They're basically living as bachelors. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. And- yeah but, but, I'm like, but yeah, I'm kind of with you about the Hakuna Matata. It, it, it was fine. I, there's been enough distance between me and it now that I'm like, okay. Yeah, same, but it's it's not. <laughs> yeah, we did we did not fast forward while watching this time. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Yeah. I, I, did, I did listen to it this time. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I'm with you. It's okay yeah it's not that great but i mean it is important because it establishes that simba uh simba kind of lets go of his responsibilities in his past he still blames he still blames himself he took uh scar's words to heart he really does blame himself for the death of mufasa and uh yet uh you know and now here he is just like well i'm just gonna live like this bachelor and then he'll help put the past behind me and eventually he kind of just starts to he does kind of forget about it you know Mm-hmm. Well, no, because uh, even when they're sitting looking at the stars, and um, he they they ask him like, "Oh, what uh, what do you see up there?" And they he says, "Oh, the great kings of the past." And he, I mean, he still keeps the memory, but it's still right. I'm just saying, like, at least it's not like haunting him the same way it did before. Although, admittedly, he brings that up, and then. That's when he walks over and flops down in that field of like that. that and that's thing of where flowers. the next controversy comes in. I don't want to. Well, yeah. Well, well, real quick, real quick. Uh, there also is that little nice bit. I don't want to. Like I said, we're we've been at at this for a little bit now. So, um, uh, there's the bit with there's that that bit with Zazu and Scar back at Pride Rock where you see how just absolutely garbage pride rock is now the whole pride lands area yeah it's all like post apocalyptic wait wait okay so he sings like nobody knows and then followed by it's a small world Mm -hmm. by the way uh i got a lovely lovely bunch of coconuts that's actually a really good catchy song i don't even know is that a real song it is Okay. It is. Well, what's great is I, what I always crack me up is I didn't really notice it in the uh, when I heard it as a kid, but I was listening to Scar, and Scar continues to know the lyrics even as as um, uh, Zazu, Zazu stops. So in the background, you hear him going, "Give it a twist, a flick of the wrist." That's what the showman said. So it's a national like that. Did that come from Lion King though? No. Or- oh, okay. no. It's a real song. It's a, it's a weird sort of like novelty song about um, throwing uh, coconuts at milk bottles at a fair. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, again, 
I like it's a good moment. But it's also kind of a euphemism. So anyway. <laughs> uh <laughs> um, but yeah, that shows like uh hyena's like, there's no food, we're hungry. Life is well, the lionesses awful. go get the food. And they're like, Yeah, but you can eat Zazu. And then some, and nothing really comes of this scene no, except just, to help us establish that everything is is bad, everything is terrible back home yes. with Scar in charge. It, well, it, it he's he's a very ineffectual leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He's he's messed up the great balance. The gods are angry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Mad Max. Yep, it's a world of Mad Max. The gods, Mad the gods must Max be crazy. Pride rock. <laughs> uh, and then. Uh, oh. Yeah, so you were gonna bring up because we we, we yeah, jump back, so jumping th- back to the the flopping in the flowers thing. So <laughs> <laughs> flopping in the flowers, uh, the dandelions <sighs> or whatever. Um, so On the edge of the cliff. look, when the animators um decided to do something cute, and they were go- they made the uh, dandelions try to write out SFX, mm-hmm. people didn't read it that way. They read it as SEX. Mm-hmm. And parents got upset and all that, and they're like, "It's subliminal messaging. How dare you? That's why all our children are furries now. <laughs> <laughs> that is not why they're furries. No, let's be honest no, here. No, I, I wanted no. to bring it up, but but now's the time to talk about it. Adult, well, no, kind of adult Simba, but maybe also kind of adult Nala. Yes, and definitely. Oh, oh and absolutely. definitely." And definitely when can you feel the love tonight? Yeah, when we, yeah, when we get to that part, because we're coming up on it, like, oh, Rafiki gets the seeds and he laughs a bunch and he's like, uh, he realizes Simba's alive somewhere because he's yeah. a cool mystical monkey man. Yes. Not a very, yeah. he's a, he's supposed to be kind of like a mandrel, but he's not really a mandrel. He's a mandrel, except he has a tail. Yeah. I'm not sure what he, he's just a, he's a mystical Yoda-like figure. Yeah, that's the best way to describe him. He's basically Especially later. He's basically Yoda. Uh, voiced by <laughs> I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here. Robert Guyame? Guyam? Guyame? Guyame? Uh, either way, um I in case uh, he's he's been in a few things, but the thing I know him most for him is the voice of Dr. Eli Vance from Half-Life 2. Oh really? Yeah, he was he was huh. Eli Vance. He uh he sadly passed away in uh 2017 uh, at the age of 89 but he left quite a body of work in his wake um and um uh, yeah i will always remember every time i was i kept leaning toward kayla though i was joking with her like rafiki would show up and he'd, he'd walk up to simba and he'd go gordon freeman let me get a look at you man oh my god you haven't changed one iota how you doing <laughs> so He's, you could, and, and, and if you put those two characters side by side, they are very different characters and very different oh, voices. Yeah. So, gotta hand it to, yeah, to Robert. That's why I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that unless, I mean, without you saying that, I never would have put those two together. <laughs> uh, you, you're welcome. <laughs> no, no, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, another, another um, weird fourth wall or universe breaking song. Because we already had those three mm-hmm. with Zazu, but now we get in the jungle, the mighty jungle with uh, oh, yeah. and Pumbaa. Mm-hmm. Um, Pumbaa nearly gets eaten by uh, Nala. We learn it's Nala in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, she pins Simba as he's defending Nala or, or defending Pumbaa. 
and that's how we know They're, that it's her. Yeah. He's just like, and that's how he knows. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, I remember this. By the way, Timon, he seems to voice the audience quite a bit. If you think about yeah, it, he does. Because there's points where I'm like, and everybody's okay with this, and he actually <laughs> says that, and I'm like, which is yeah, great. Timon. He addresses it. I, I do like how they're they're immediately just like, hey, I have so many questions, and and so is Timon, just like, wait, I have even more questions. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I think Timon's character is good. I, I I can forgive the the potty humor for the rest of the humor that he adds to the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella are great actors, and then um, I find okay, this do you, do. You- Sorry, go ahead. This brings me joy, because here's the interesting part. Older Simma is voiced by Matthew Broderick. Right. Which is fascinating, because later on, Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lang go to be on, like, Broadway together for multiple shows, one of them being The Odd Couple, and the other one being The Producers, which they actually get together for in the movie. And there's a cut scene from The New Producers where they actually had... Matthew Broderick, Nathan Lane, and Ernie Sabella all together singing. And you're like, oh, wow. Timon and Pumbaa and Simba are all in one scene live. In a Mel Brooks-based movie. Yeah. That's crazy. I had no idea about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of the two. Look, I love the original producers a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I enjoy the musical and i even enjoyed the movie musical even though not many people liked it and i watched behind the scenes stuff and that made me smile <laughs> it was so. it was pretty great when you showed that to me too yeah. i was like oh my god timon and pumbaa and simba have been reunited in new york in the <laughs> in a bar in a bar <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah um so this is so they have a bunch of questions for each other, Simba and Nala, but first it's more important that they're both adult, mature lions, and therefore uh, feelings immediately sprout that mm-hmm. weren't there before. Um, actually, Hence, can you feel the love tonight? Actually, the beginning. Um, that, so uh, another that part is actually something that my dad would also do. Like, uh, he would go... I can see what's happening. And what? So, and yeah, then we would we did call and response. We did that, that quite a bit. That's that's good. I yeah. like that. Um, another one of uh, ways that Disney influenced my relationship with my dad. Hmm. Uh, and uh, is is this where we can talk about? Yeah, that? you want to talk about the fact that there's a point where Nala makes bedroom eyes. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> This movie made furries. Helped, this movie ma- helped, helped make, make furries. furries. <laughs> it's not the yeah. no, no offense to any furries out there, but no, let's let's be no, real. Not at all. Let's be real. Come on. How is it? The funny part with this, the- this no doubt had an impact on on a on a generation of of people in some ways, and okay. was an awakening for some folks. It's funny because like. I think this is the <laughs> third time we have brought up thir- furries on this. It's podcast. Disney. It's the it's the funny animal characters. We had Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood for sure. Fox uh, and the Hound for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Oliver. No, we brought it up in Oliver and Company. And Oliver and Company. Company. Well, I mm-hmm. I just think about you know, um, oh my gosh, Vixie. No, yeah, yeah from Vixie kind of did from. I mean, yeah. Anyway, but but, but here here. Here, more than any of the other ones. Here, 
is it's where this it one. This is the gateway drug. <laughs> she changed bedroom eyes. Oh my gosh, I know. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure when we were watching it, rewatching it, I was like, oh my gosh, the bedroom eyes. Those yeah. are legit bedroom eyes. It's yeah. kind of frightening. You could almost if if the scene hadn't cut, you would have seen Nala do a little head tilt like eh, uh, eh. Actually, this song was almost cut, by the way. Oh, you know what's funny is the lyrics of this version are very different from the Elton John ones that are yeah, more popularly known, and that's but, fine. But the song was still nominated for an Academy Award and won. This was the song that won. Yeah, it's not a bad song. It's not a bad song at all. No, no, I don't. I don't dislike it. I just, it's just the context is. I, I, it's just so weird because, like, again, these two characters, we know they have a connection and we know they haven't seen each other in a while, but it's just immediately, like, instead of immediately addressing all the things that are problems between them, and it's brought up in the song, too. Yeah. You know, I can't tell her this because it, she'll turn away. Why won't he tell me what he's, he's thinking? But yeah. they're still, like, but she's still giving him bedroom eyes and he's still receptive to her. <laughs> and they have a magical night. And they're night. rolling down the hill. They roll down the hill. <laughs> It's a magical <laughs> night. I always I, felt like that was like so unbalanced, like how they like have this whole like romantic night, and then in the morning they like are really mad at each other. Yeah, the you, the, the euphoria and uh, and hormones have worn worn down, and yeah. now they're like, okay, now that we're clear headed, can we confront this like huge rift that's now between us? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is just really hilarious. Oh my! Like, well, it's like, no. There's not even the morning. It's like a few hours later or yeah. whatever, and then they have that thing, and then Simba goes off to go sulk, and that's when uh, Rafiki shows up with a sambisaba squash banana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, actually, I had something I wanted to ask about. Yeah, the whole with Rafiki and when Simba looks in the reflection. Yes. Like, I always, like, even as a kid, I always felt like that part was, it looked weird to me. You mean when, you, he's, like, when he's looking in the pond? Yeah, and, like, then Mufasa's reflection is there. Yeah. I don't know why. It always kind of looked like, like it was too flat, maybe? I don't quite know how to explain it. It's a, well, that's the point where it goes from being a reflection to a scrying pool. <laughs> I, you know, I wonder, okay, because remember, there was a point where um, animators had to work from their homes. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's true. I don't, you know, uh, who's to say that part was made at home, their homes, but then I'm assuming there, I don't, I, it's, it's amazing that the film looks the way it does and as nice Mm -hmm. as it does with that in mind, but I feel like maybe there were scenes like that. Would be where maybe it's like you realize, oh, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like this may be a deep cut thing, but they since there's a parody of this upcoming scene in Kung Pao Enter the Fist, and there's a part where if you listen to the what they're actually saying instead of what they were dubbed, Steve Odekirk says, The only thing I can do now is shoot the movie in my backyard. And I wonder <laughs> if that's a deep cut. <laughs> At first, I thought it was just because he was actually shooting that part of the movie in his backyard, but and he probably was, mm. but. There's a weird, like, oh, that's kind of funny because, you know, they had to work from home. Anyway. uh... (laughs) But then that, this does lead to seeing Mufasa in the clouds and 
well, that is what oh, I yeah. needed. Yeah. Yeah. You, when you mentioned the Moses bit, this is where I think of that the most. This is this is the this is the the spirit of Mufasa. This is God telling Moses to go save the people yeah. and accept his yeah. responsibility. Oh, this is totally a Moses thing. Yeah, um, you have to go, Moses, Simba. You have to go back and and say, get the people out of Egypt. I mean, the Pride Lands, <laughs> free them from under doesn't, Pharaoh. I mean, Scar. But it's, with. With him talking to his dad, though, doesn't that also kind of make him Jesus? Because it's like <laughs> he's so, he's the same guy, sort of, because he's filling the same role and he's from the same family. Well, but he's also asking his dad for guidance. Well, I guess that so. Just but also, the allegory me. the allegory Jesus line is in the Chronicles of Narnia. So, I mean, okay, fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I I was joking with David. It's like. Let's be honest, they keep saying, like, oh, Mufasa didn't die, or Rafiki keeps saying Mufasa didn't die, and I'm like, he's like, no, he didn't, he he ascended to godhood, apparently. Like, yeah. No. yeah, you need to be stampeded by wildebeest in order to ascend to god godhood. Oh. You know what? Mufasa was a martyr. <laughs> That's what it he, was. He sacrificed himself to he become He sacrificed a himself to save Simba, effectively. And become a yeah. god. And he ascended to godhood. He is now the god of the of the lions. And that's why he can talk with Rafiki. Or the very yeah, Rafiki is his conduit. He's always been con- Rafiki is a spiritual conduit anyway, though, because he's there to do all the like ceremonial stuff. He does he, mm-hmm. he picks up all the signs and portents and the, on the wind and in the earth and and then like here he is running through the jungle and being like stop. <laughs> I actually really like that bit yeah. where he just pops up in his hands right there. <laughs> I I feel like the important part about it there's some, again he, good. He does pull a Yoda for a bit where he just acts like a crazy monkey. Which he is. But there's also some good messages. Like, there's a point where, like, Simba's not sure, and then he's like, I had to put my past behind me, to which Rafiki hits him in the head with his stick. <laughs> and is like, ow, what was that for? It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's, it's in, in the, the past. past. And he's like, yeah, but it still hurts. He's like, yes, the past can hurt. But here's what I can think. You can either ignore it or learn from it. Which, wow, what a good message. Yep. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hakuna Matata, no. Boo. Bad. You shouldn't ignore, put your past behind you and completely ignore it and act like, oh, this is not a big deal. It'll go away eventually. No. Mm-hmm. You realize that you do make mistakes, or if you done make, did make a mistake, you learn from it and be a better person. Wow. And take responsibility for that. Wow. Did, oh. did Rafiki know... Rafiki must have known that if he went out through all these steps with Simba, Simba would summon the ghost of Mufasa, right? I assume so. <laughs> I, I guess so. Like, this is the part where, um, uh, this is the part where where the ghost shows up in Elsinore Castle to tell Hamlet that, <laughs> um, you're, his you're, brother is married, his, I was murdered by my brother who has married your mother. Well, it's more, it's less, uh, uh, avenge me and more... Go take your rightful place. Be responsible. Stop being yeah. Stop being lazy. <laughs> so that's why it's not Hamlet. Yes. <laughs> One of the mm. reasons it's not Hamlet. And, um, and then that's really realized. Yep, I I need I know what I need to do. Take the monkey stick and leave. Run. <laughs> no 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 the stick. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually just makes because the they just uh, my stick is better than bacon. bacon. There's a new bad lip reading music with, with Yoda, and yep. it's called my um, stick. 
Um, I haven't heard that one. Oh god, it's pretty good. Look it's it up really when you good. get a chance. They're, they're the same enjoyable. guys who did um, uh, Seagulls. Stop, stop it, it now. now. Yes. Oh yeah, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, so is this this is the montage where Simba's running across the desert, right? Yes, he runs yes. across. It's the Gobi. It's 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 basically the Gobi Desert, or the Sahara Desert, or the just big sandy desert. I don't know the Namib ge- Desert. My, I, my it's ge- a desert in Africa. My geography. Whichever is. one is closest to Kenya. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, and then meanwhile, um, Timon and Pumbaa and Nala get informed by Rafiki that Simba's going back to the Pride Lands. Oh, and and uh, and they're all like. Cool, we're gonna go with him. Yep, and we're we got your back, Simba. Actually, I really like that moment when he gets to the he gets to the Pride Land, sees it's all just a, a total wasteland, but then all of his all of his old friends show up, and they have this like rebellion that is kind of formed here. You, and I, I I really like that moment where he just you could see how grateful he is for their camaraderie. You know, what good mm-hmm. bros, good bros, and and uh, and love interests. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, no, Nala's a bro. Let's oh, be real. Right. They were bros when they were kids. So. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of like that moment where he realizes that he's he's actually not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not just him with the ghost of his dad. It's he's also got his <laughs> his buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this sets the stage for uh, the big uh, sort of attempted the the big sort of recoup oh. of Pride Rock. Oh no 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 no, honey. We are not skipping over. Oh no, I'm not skipping. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm saying this sets the stage. I'm not going to skip the uh, the the luau song, with, <laughs> which is taken straight from the the tiki room. Which is a better song than Hakuna Matata. <clears throat> Sorry. Um. By the way, that was actually ad libbed. Oh yeah. No, well, I don't know about the tiki song, but I know the whole. What do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the hula? <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because that. The fact that they're like, ooh, I got an idea. Let's add the Tiki song and make this a point in the movie. So. Anyway, look up Weird Al did that at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. He did a whole um, he did a whole montage of stuff when he was at Disney World and he worked in that and Grim Grinning Ghosts in this big, long improv montage he did at I, one I point. I need to see huh. this huh. at some point. Well, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. It's worth looking up. Uh, if I find the link, I'll send it to y'all. Okay, yeah. Uh, after we record, of course. Um, they dance. They're a distraction. They lure the hyenas away. And Simba... No, actually, we see uh, Sarabi coming to tell um, uh, Scar, there is no food. We're leaving. The herds have moved on. We, we need, need to, to go leave. out of the... We need to leave Pride Rock. You messed up. And... You're not. If if you were half the king, Mufasa was. And that's that's triggering. So well, he he slaps her in the face, and that's when Simba steps in, like, "Oh no, that's my mom." Mm-hmm. I I really like Sarabi's like quiet dignity in this whole scene too. She's just mm-hmm. just oh, like yeah. the whole like I'm I'm just gonna I'm pointing out the facts, and I'm just she's she she exudes power in her own way, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I was gonna say she's an awesome queen character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. One sad thing, uh, like Madge Sinclair did a great job at this. Um, this was her last movie. She actually passed away a year later oh. after this. Mm. Yeah, that is sad. She did. At least she, she did one heck of a role, though. To she did. Ahead. I know oh, she yeah. wasn't in that much of it, but she did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she 
with very few lines, she had a ton of character. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Simba comes over and everybody's shocked because they're like, we thought you were dead. What? And <laughs> Scar's like, yes, I also thought you were dead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, this part always was a little off to me. Like, what? It's it, it's like, I killed Mufasa. Oh, I'm so, it's like, how could that be? No. And then Scar immediately admits, no, I killed him. It's like, well, he he only admits it after Simba's hanging from the ledge and he's going to do the same thing he did to him. But here's the interesting part. To, to Imagine Mufasa. being from the point of view of the Linuses. Yeah. And you've just heard Simba say, I killed Mufasa. And you're like, okay. And then Scar saying, I killed Mufasa. And you're like, well, that makes okay? sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I, part, the part that seems weird is that he's trying to convince Simba to be like, I killed Mufasa. And it's like, how you were a tiny child there's no way any of these lionesses are going to believe you deliberately killed your father like deliberately killed your father mm-hmm. well i i do have to agree with kayla on that though it the the back and forth on that is i i even as a kid i thought it was weird it is weird <laughs> it is it, it could have been better done i feel like yeah been i'm agreeing with all of you honestly that part's weird because <laughs> mm-hmm. as soon as he admits i kill mofas everybody's like fight done we they were just waiting for it because I. They, just, probably, they probably knew, like in the back of their head. After all this time passed, they're like, you know, we can't prove it, but Scar probably killed both of them. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Probably set things up, but we can't prove it. And then mm-hmm. him his confession, like that. That was all we needed. Time, time to kill. Nope, time to kill that, Scar. He he basically let. Is, we're gonna die with him as king anyway. Let's do this. Yep. <laughs> uh. A lot happens after this. There's some fighting, and then there's some more fighting. Lions, hyenas, uh, Timon and Pumbaa save uh, Zazu at a comical bit with, they call me Mr. Pig. I I think (laughs) there's probably like three different movie references in that whole entire like 10 second sequence. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, that was totally a clue reference, right? Uh, well, Are You Talking to Me comes from, uh, Taxi. Uh, okay. Taxi Driver? Yeah, Taxi Driver, sorry. Mm-hmm. Taxi Driver. Um, and then, uh, They Call Me Mr. Pig is actually, uh, comes from, uh, They Call Me Mr. Tib. Oh. And then, um, uh, I don't know about the, you shouldn't have done that. I, I think that's from another movie, but I can't remember. But I know for a fact it's those two. Mm. Okay, because I thought the the let, let me in, let me in, let me out, let me out. I thought that was from Clue. That, that felt like Clue. Clue. Let, us in, let us in, let us in, let us out, let us out. Yeah, they might have taken re- taken reference from that. Clue did not. I will, I will, I will give I, credit to Clue wherever I can because it's still one of my yeah, favorite movies. No, it's a great. Yeah, film. it's great. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, the top part was. I mean, who knows? Maybe someone was a really big Clue fan. But um, Clue didn't originally do as well in theaters when it came out um, and was actually uh, looked down upon. And it was until like later on that it became like a sleeper hit. Okay. Uh, but I I mean, I don't know when. To, I can't say, exactly say when people were like, ooh, this is really good. And it became a fan favorite. Um, <sighs> it may have been early 90s. Maybe there are there were fans of the animators, but it does. That that does feel like a clue joke, and it is so. I yeah yeah, it has that vibe to it. 
Um, but yeah, this that's just a comedy bit too. So it could be just um, anything. I, I, I mean, though, again, it's a ten second scene, and they put like three movie references in mm-hmm. one scene. So mm-hmm. it's kind of it is kind of weird, but yeah. <laughs> You know, I like that even Rafiki gets a bit where he gets yeah. to jump in and do, like, martial arts with his stick. That was cool. He's clearly that was a, cool. He's clearly a monk class. Yeah, he's an old wise master, so <laughs> or, of course he knows how to... Wait, would it be monk or cleric? It, it would be monk. Okay, okay. It'd definitely be monk. If he was a D&D class, he'd be monk. <laughs> I feel like I remember, like, on the, like, playground at recess, and, like, people would, like, do that scene wait. as Rafiki. Wow. Yeah! Wow! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Um, but then this actually eventually leads to Scar. Um, is about to actually attack Simba, like actually jump him. Um. Oh yeah, he's he's doing the whole thing where he's like, "No, it was the hyenas. They did this." And then like. He he can't. He knows he can't fight Simba one on one. So he's like he's like cornered. Oh, Deus Ex Machina lightning happened by the way. So there's fire all over the base of Pride Rock right now. Mm-hmm. And then like this rock can burn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where the how is everything on fire? Wasn't oh, there a bunch of brush like old uh, da- yeah. dead trees and brush at yeah, the foot of the rock? Probably. It's all at the foot of the rock. But somehow I thought they were on top of Pride Rock though. Well, they're on top of it, and there's fire below, which gives the whole hellish quality. But then like. Somehow there are embers that yeah. Scar okay. is able to throw in Simba's eyes. Like, that was interesting. This scene... And maybe... Okay, like I said, it's the last six months. This could be the last parts of this movie. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like the I feel like the, the part where it's the slow-mo fighting between Scar and Simba, I actually think that part's really well animated. Mm-hmm. Like, just the, the, watching these two lions have a fight is really cool. Without the fire in the background? Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and it's good imagery, but yeah, I'm with them. uh, The scene is kind of (laughs) weird. This whole climax is kind of weird. I always thought as a kid that the slow-mo was, like, out of place almost. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of with Kylie as well, actually. I I like it. Is is the animation look good? Yeah, but the slow-mo is kind of... It's, 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 uh, these, these two, well, I think it, it, to me, encapsulates the idea that these two people hate each other. They hate mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, and I don't disagree. I, the animation does look great. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, this leads to his death. It is not a tumbling death. He, is not, he does not go on our plummet counter. No. Um, I was wondering. I was like, I don't think he will. We were talking about that before. We were, <laughs> will like, he be on this uh, coming? No, they have to fall we basically they have to they have to plummet to their like the the fall has to be what what kills them and the fall that's has to I lead thought. to their inevitable demise like yeah, that's, that's how they thought. go mm-hmm. yeah so and that is definitely not how scar goes no mm-hmm. scar uh scar is is uh the hyena's backup plan because they've been starving for so long mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now they're gonna eat him like all these hyenas actually well, the hyenas are like the best characters of the villain group, so honestly, I think I think they they earned that. Yeah. They earned some fresh lion. <laughs> and and you know, luckily the gods are like, "Yep, this pleases us." Simba did his job. We're gonna bring <laughs> you rain. sacrifice the false king. This pleases the gods. Rain. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pride Rock suddenly becomes like an almost ninety degree angle. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. 
Again, <laughs> I feel like some of this... Simba stalking up it in the rain, though. Another iconic shot. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. The, and the rain does look good. Oh, yeah. It does yeah. look good. Um, And uh, months pass. Everything is all green because the rightful <laughs> uh, king apparent has come to the throne and now produced an heir. Did do you think Simba and Nala produced that air during Can You Feel the Love? Tonight? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I have Nala no is, doubt. Nala is well, pregnant now that we've, yeah. when she's fighting them, by the way. Yeah, she doesn't know it probably she doesn't at that know point. It, but she is pregnant after that. Um but yeah. Is is a is a metaphor, it's a representation of the furry fandom <laughs> coming out of this movie. <laughs> Being born from their scene together. <laughs> uh, so the and then there's a there's a nameless baby lion. We learn later if you want to consider the sequels. Can this is this is uh, Ki- Kiara? Yeah, I don't I I don't mind the sequels that much. So, um, but it the movie like it bookends because the movie ends just like it began with with a, a baby a baby lion being born being held uncomfortably in the air on on the edge of a tall <laughs> precipice. By a monk, by a by an ape. By the way, I do appreciate like during that part, while well, during the movie, you actually got our dog and not in the ending, but in the beginning, lifted our dog up in the air. Oh my gosh! I held I held Gracie up, and she was like, "Daddy, put me down." <laughs> I, got, I mean, she didn't did say it Chester, like, so much as she looked really? at me and it said, "Daddy, put me down." Oh, so I did. Gracie, Gracie, so Aww. cute, Gracie. Mm-hmm. Come here. Come here. Come, Come hither. Here. This is a purely audio medium, but I need to hold you up. Come here. I must hold you, my child. Circle of life. She is not wanting to be lifted right now. No, she wants to be in my lap, though. Oh. Hi, hi. Um, yeah, so Dang. that's the Lion King. <laughs> I Again, altogether... Um, the for me, I think the animation is gorgeous. Yes, like insanely gorgeous. Yeah, and yes. there's a lot of powerful scenes in this movie. Uh, it's a whole. It's okay, uh, or it's good. No, that's okay. That's wrong to say. It's okay. It's actually good. It's not one of my favorites. There we go. That's I it. get that. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's up there. I I I really thoroughly enjoy it. It's not one of my favorites of all time, but it's I. It, it cannot it cannot be understated just how. Imp- Important this movie kind of is in a lot of ways so oh, like yeah. it's it's gorgeous it's put together really well and mm-hmm. all things considered considering it was the quote-unquote b project this is like an a this is an a movie yeah oh sure. yeah like and we also have to consider the furries yes <laughs> gotta gotta consider the furries and and the merchandising that came out as a result of this oh my god oh, yeah, we talked yeah. about that earlier like my goodness man mm-hmm. Well, this has been a this has been a delightful. Uh, I, I will say one thing. I'm disappointed. In. My, I we talked about our favorite songs. My favorite Lion King song isn't even in this movie. Oh, it's "He Lives in You." That's my favorite. Yeah, that is I mean, a gorgeous song. And they from the second one. Mm-hmm. They actually added to the musical as well. Oh yeah, on the on the yeah. on the stage on the, the stage. Broad, yes, that, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is yeah, that was supposed to be in this one, but then they cut it and put it in the sequel which is yeah it's really good it's highly unorthodox but maybe when we end this one instead of ending with uh with the circle of right life reprise from the ending i'd actually like to end it with he lives in you so Uh, yeah just because i like i like that song a lot so yeah good it's good awesome um 
Oh my gosh, yeah. This has been this has been a journey. And uh thank you thank you both for for joining us on it. I'm glad I had you guys on. First of all, you I'm besides the fact you're both a delight. I loved that I got Kylie's knowledge on uh, <laughs> uh on Lions and Eli's knowledge on Kimba and that <laughs> made it you so much. You both brought knowledge on Lions just in different categories. This yes, is true. It's true. Well, I'm I'm so glad that we were able to bring you mm-hmm. that knowledge. Yes. And thank you for having us. Yeah. And she called you a delight. She called you a delight. She called you a delight. It was it was, it was, it was, it was That was that was honest. aimed at both of you respectively. Yes. You are delights <laughs> and I will call you delights as well. And actually while I'm at it, I want to I want to highlight uh what the two of you do. Would you like to tell our listeners what sort of projects you're up to and where they can find your work? Yes. So if you like learning facts about animals, or furs. Um, then we have a YouTube channel called Animal Fact Files, um, where we basically three days a week mm-hmm. produce a release a new episode about a different kind of animal. We recently released an episode about lions in honor of this episode. So Woo-hoo! once this goes up, we'll mm-hmm. be able to link that episode to this. So excellent. Yeah. We'll have to wait for the link, but yeah, once that goes up, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. That'll this will be coming out at the end of January, so um, perfect. Look forward to that, uh, <laughs> or you'll, you'll see. Hopefully, see the link by then. <laughs> Sounds um, good. And uh, I no, I actually recommend Animal Fact Files. Like when I'm at work, um, I'll, if I I'll take like a mental break and I'm like, oh good, a new Animal Fact Files, and I'll just <laughs> learn something new. Just it's something. <laughs> it, it's so something outside of my realm of work, and is like this mm-hmm. nice little distraction. And it's and they're short, so mm-hmm. they're either easy to watch, and they're like, yay. and yeah. I, I feel like I learned something new. Yeah, we try to keep them under four minutes. That's like. It's always the goal. Writing the scripts is quite a challenge to, I'm sure. to keep it reined in. <laughs> and, and not only that, it, I mean, the imagery is great. The video production is really well done. Like, it, and it looks professional. And it's like, I'm surprised this is not something on like on the Travel Channel or like uh, <laughs> or Animal Planet Channel, if that still exists. If I don't a know. YouTube channel for so, Animal Planet. Yeah, something huh. like that. I'm surprised. Like, this, it feels professional. I would absolutely recommend Animal Fact Files. Well, thank you. Um, and then uh, you also, you guys have another project, too. Yeah, yeah. So we have, it's also a YouTube channel. It's called Cinema Nippon, and it's where we talk about uh, Japanese film. Uh, we have not talked about Kimba or nor actually anything by Osamu Tezuka um, yet. I'm sure that at some point we will, but um, I'm trying to think. Have we? Oh, wait, uh, a couple years ago we did a movie called Antarctica, which is about dogs in Antarctica. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of any other animal. We also had movies. Cat Month. Oh yeah, we did We did Cat Month in April There's of 2019. For that. So there are a bunch of cat uh related movies well and over there. i mean specifically people watching this are probably interested in animation and mm-hmm. we've covered all of hayao miyazaki's movies as well as mm-hmm. isao takahata's movies at this point and with then there are studio ghibli yeah with studio ghibli yes not um, not the stuff before that yeah and then yeah. there are other smatterings of anime throughout anime movies mm-hmm. throughout. yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's a lot of fun and i definitely recommend um 
that I recommend Cinema Nippon as well. They they're re- it's well researched and uh, very in- and like really in depth. So if you like what we do here, uh, but with more actual care and polish put on it instead of us just sitting around uh, having these sort of conversations, um, our 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 animal is barking, so we should probably take care of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, all good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both for uh, for joining us and. Uh, uh, next month, for our listeners, uh, tune in where we will be discussing uh, Pocahontas. No, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. you. Uh, also, one last thing too: uh, we will we're doing an Animusings Plus next month as well, where we're going to be talking about a goofy movie. Hey! Mm-hmm. <laughs> so look, look forward to that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, is is Gracie doing okay? She's doing good. Good, good, good. All right, cool. Before the sun rises, she's your daughter, so you gotta take care of her. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Nothing new is something new. That great poets imitate and improve. Where our small ones steal and spoil. Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Justin. And if it wasn't readily apparent at that, we're huge nerds about remakes. That's why we're doing the Nothing New Podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a remake in detail and its original, covering them in whatever order they come out, from Wizard Waz to It and beyond. They're remaking Stuart Gordon's 1986 sci-fi horror classic from beyond? Oh, no. Not yet. Oh, that's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Justin and I, and maybe a guest or two, to explore the wonderful world of remakes, film by film. Remakes have been done forever. People talk about Scarface don't even know that was a remake. Oh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Antoine Fuqua. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.